yes, 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 yes! That was a goal! Striker! And another! Bing bang, stick it in! Thank you and good night! Twat! That was liquid football! Hello everybody, it's your old friends at Monday Madness and welcome to the extravagant return of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. We are broadcasting live from our bunkers yet again, but yet we see the light at the end of the tunnel because football is apparently coming home in an indefinite number of days as, to, as per this podcast. Uh, joined as ever by myself, Jonathan, are my good colleagues Neil from his bunker and Burkbot also from her bunker. Uh, Hello. Guys, it's been a while. I haven't seen your faces for Cup for many, many months. How are things? Actually, quite good. Quite boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird not having, living in a world without football. I don't, I don't like it, lads. It's, I'm not happy with yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, have you been keeping actually, up with yeah, the like, Belarusian league at all? It's, uh, uh, no, really the K-League, K-League kicked in. Uh, Korea kicked off. Go young now. Yeah. And uh, when I realised... I didn't stay up and watch the match, but I want—I was going to watch the replay of it. Holy <laughs> um, and then once I saw the scoreline was 1-0 and the goal scorer was a 42-year-old former Middlesbrough striker. I was like, <laughs> might want to give this one a miss. <laughs> I dare you besmirch the good name of Afonso Alves. That's disgusting. Yeah, that, is, that is properly. Yeah, and I, oh, the assist was given by a 38-year-old as well. So. Oh, my God. There's hope for you yet, O'Neill. There is, actually. Yeah, there is. <laughs> just just <laughs> go off to Korea. But what little I saw of the match, that is actually a true statement. Suyon Blue Wings all the way, lads. That's what I said. Pretty much, actually. Um <laughs> So yeah, but so but apparently they've had a massive spike and in infections. So apparently Korea's now locked down again. Hey. Did you, uh, they actually were able to contact trace it back to one guy. There was like a hundred cases that they were able to link back to one guy. It's like imagine how guilty you'd be. Yeah, he was going around to all the festivals and everything like that. <laughs> they were actually able to trace every fucking thing. It was quite it was spooky, weird, and hilariously funny at the same time. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so um, apparently we've got the Bundesliga now on next when next weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's coming in. Um, but that's going to be that's gonna be a bit iffy because an entire team, Dinamo Dresden, have already been completely quarantined. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's gonna thing. And also just this morning. The Premier League are looking, they're going to have to delay Project Restart. Yes, so, let's, uh, you, you've been re- reading into this a good bit, Neil. Do you want to uh, uh-huh. give us a, 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 a footnote, if you will, on what this uh, Project Restart is? It sounds like the most boring Nicolas Cage movie ever conceived. <laughs> it sounds like the most boring Nicolas Cage movie, and yet completely ideal for Nicolas Cage. That's a weird thing, like, it's, it's, it's way up his alley, like, you know. Absolutely. So basically, Project Restart is the Premier League's attempt to persuade authorities that um, they're going to be able to do, they're going to be able to complete the league. Mm-hmm. And the Premier League are desperate to do this for, people will tell you all different types of reasons, but basically all boils down to one, which is money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're facing probably about half a billion in um, give back money. Yes, to the broadcasters because the broadcasters are like, well, 
we've paid you to broadcast matches. You're not giving us the matches, so you're going to give us the fucking money back. Um, this is bad because the league have been price gouging the, the broadcasters for the better part of two decades. Mm. Yeah. Um, who have been in turn price gouging their customers to the point where I think the average Sky Sports package will set you back 140 quid a month. Yes. Um, so all the customers, including a number of former work colleagues of mine, were all able to successfully cancel their subscriptions because, quite rightly, Sky are in violation of their contract because they're not giving them fucking football. Yeah. So Sky can't hit them with that stupid contract cancellation charge. Mm. And so they're like, well, you know, all the, we're losing loads of customers. Um, give us our fucking football or we're going to ask for all the money back. Yeah. So basically what you're seeing is a league that's propped itself up on massively inflated amounts of cash mm. is now really starting to collapse mm. in because there's been a little bit of a jolt to that. So they thought all the money washing into the Premier League kind of made a bulletproof, but in actual fact, it's just a mad house of cards. I was, yeah. about, to make that, I was about to say that, like it's a real kind of house of cards situation, but people have been kind of predicting that for a long, long time. Like it's such a, like TV is such a frail like foundation to base your sport on. Because yeah, like any, when anything could pick up and be the next big thing, you know. Exactly. So in particular, when you've got like a huge amount of piracy going on, yeah, um, which we'll get onto when we talk about Newcastle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, lads. Absolutely. So basically, uh, that's it. So they're desperate now to restart the league, but the players don't want to, really want to do it. They were trying to get the club doctors to all sign off on things, and the doctors were like. No, nah, we're not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So they sent them a hundred bullet point email, which I've I've read, I've seen it. It's something else. But basically, like they're they're like, you can't ask us to sign off on health regulations that may result in a player catching this and dying. Mm. You can't like we're medical doctors, like we're not gonna do this. Um so it's just all a mad thing. So they had a planned resumption for the twelfth of June. Um, and that looks far less likely. Yeah. Because uh, they were going to basically resume on the 12th of June, with kick off a week later. Is now, a, you know, that's that's pretty much going to be. So we're probably looking in around maybe the 20th of June. Mm. But um, the problem with the Premier League is that UEFA have imposed uh, past the 25th of this month. So this is the 13th now that we're recording this. Mm. Past the 25th of this month, if a league can't get a coordinated, agreed-upon um, plan to UEFA on how they're going to restart, then they have to sack off their season. Mm-hmm. Which is why the Premier League are really, really fucking desperate to get this going. Yeah. Um, which is why they're coming out with such really fucking stupid suggestions for I, the, the matches. I have, I, I've actually loved seeing like people... <laughs> putting up like oh uh, trying to guess which are real uh, Premier League suggestions and which are the fake ones it was like oh all of them have to wear giant condoms uh, as in the Naked Gun series where they wear like (laughs) full body condoms Uh, Mm. and I was like I don't know that seems plausible that the FA could come up with something like that Um, playing like one of the ones was like playing 60 minute games right yeah the shortened game ones was like what like you're still coming into as close contact with these people 
Yeah. You need to be in like, you know, in any sort of vicinity for 15 minutes is kind of the global kind of uh, standard dis- mm. like time that you're like, so unless you're playing 12 minutes aside, you're still in contact. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and then it's like, oh, when you're being tackled or when you're tackling someone, turn your head away. Uh, the tar- I, I really like that one. I really <laughs> like that one. That oh, it is just... Turn your head away when you're tackled. It's like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> no, t- ref. Ref, <laughs> no! I've been accosted. Yeah. Uh, like, by all like standards, I can't see the league, particularly because the league is based in England and England are one of the worst affected countries in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing as well. Like, um, they're the only country in Europe now where the death rate is still going up. Yeah, uh, Russia, even... Russia as well, I think. But uh, they, but they're yeah, kind of like very floaty. But that. that's what I'm saying. Like, they're very floaty with their numbers. So at least with the yeah, UK, the doctors they're... aren't very floaty. Unfortunately, when they get thrown out of a hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, polonium makes you very floaty. Apparently. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Salisbury is a lovely place, lad, let's be honest. But uh, yeah, like, it, it's fascinating to see because like, like at this stage, it is purely desperation to try and at least in some way wrap this up. And the incredible like predicament they have is that because they've uh, bloated the league with so much money, it's now coming back to bite them because all the small teams are going, well, hang on, our, all of our budgets are based off TV money. So yeah. we need that money or else we're all going bust. So you're looking at seven or eight clubs just in the Premier League, let alone the lower yeah. leagues, that are all looking at each other and going like, well, shit, we're in the red. Like We have to start uh, you know, devising some sort of plan to just even preserve our own clubs, let alone yeah, whatever I, happens I, in the league. I think I read somewhere, I think Swiss Ramble did a, like, a kind of like a mini breakdown of all the clubs. Mm-hmm. And I think something like West Ham have like a £115 million operating loss. Yeah. So, I'm like, what the fuck? Were they burning money to heat up the fucking stadium? Well, they spent uh, 40 on that. Andy on Hallow, Carroll. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's all money they've used to rebuild Andy Carroll. Like, the world's shit is $6 million, man. <laughs> Officially, the world's worst metal gear. It's, uh, <laughs> it doesn't even fucking work properly. It's a tank with legs. It needs fucking legs. It's <sighs> a lot of bollocks. <laughs> um, but funnily enough you say that about West Ham uh, they've mm. got that operating loss which is huge and their women's team would also come under making an operational loss but what the men's team lose in a week actually could fund the women's team for like a month mm. uh, or like if not more I don't know the exact stats on that but like that's where I'm going to come in later on with our chat is yeah. how the actual downfall of the Premier League can have a knock-on effect of the Women's Super League because you've got the teams that are closely connected with their men's team. The Arsenal's, the Chelsea's, the Manchester City's, they seem to be fine because they can operate on their own um, funds a little bit more than the others, but that's really not saying a lot. No, um, They are very, very heavily subsidised, but what they create as a loss is nothing like the men's team creating a loss so it's actually considered not a loss at all yeah um that's how staggering the losses in the men's football are for some of these clubs mm. like um but yeah and it's um we'll come on to it a bit later as well but uh the premier league will have knock-on effects um for yeah. everyone 
that's oh, that's yeah, the fascinating thing is that like there's no I don't think there's very few clubs that's going to come out. Obviously, the bigger the the top clubs will be fine, broadly speaking, because they've got the they've got really. I mean, like well, in comparison to like smaller teams that are going to get like raised to the oh, ground, they're they're going to get fucked. Yes. <laughs> Um, like, but yeah, like uh, be aware that the top two kind of financially doped teams are financially doped you with oil. Yes, and I think I, I posted up on my Facebook. It was just the craziest thing because I'm an electrical engineer, so I'm into energy markets. Mm. And uh, like about a month ago, like oil was trading at a negative. Yeah, yeah. They were asking for someone to take like a tanker of oil that was just floating out in the sea. <laughs> like there was just it literally was like the tanker that couldn't go anywhere. And like the, the price went down just so that they could try and sell off the tanker. That was yeah, they were, they were leaving. They were leaving oil on the tankers, and they weren't grounding them. Yeah, uh, for two reasons. One, there was no storage space, which is lent to, which is one of the reasons why the, the price has gone down so rapidly, is because there's nowhere to fucking put it. Mm-hmm. And secondly, because um, if it's on the tanker, it's technically not in the market. It's yeah. like out to sea, like you've gone into international waters where there's no it's, law. It's it's quite literally <laughs> floating on the market. <laughs> it's like it's sitting there on this floating barge of just oil. Yeah, but yeah, like um, and because like oil is traded on futures, so they're mm. kind of when you trade oil, you don't trade the actual substance really. You trade a, a contract for it. Yeah. So all those yeah. contracts will have to be fulfilled over the course of May. So over the whole course of May, um, if you had an oil farm. Somebody would come along with barrels of oil, mm. give you the oil, and then pay you thirty-seven dollars a barrel to, to keep the oil. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going like, what the fuck? Like, but like, and, but, and the reason for that, the reason it ties in is because, as you said, like the two major ones that they're oil barons, so they're the ones that are like, obviously, this is their wheelhouse, and they're essentially losing money from selling their own products. Like, they're li- li- working at such a such a, a negative that like. Like obviously that's going to hit them at some yeah, point. Absolutely. And even then, well, OPEC, that, that can OPEC. still happen again, you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, OPEC have cut their output to the lowest time since the Second World War. Mm. Gas, gas, is, gas is trading so low that a gas power plant will now actually outperform uh, renewable energies for the first time because <laughs> gas is trading at like a dollar per thousand cubic feet, yeah. which it's never done. Like, that's, that's absurd. That's, a, that's an absurd... Yeah, um, fucking price for it. But yeah, as I said before, like um, two of the financially doped, they're financially doped with uh, nation states that run primarily on oil. So the low oil prices are going to really hit them mm. uh, quite badly. Yeah, but, like, it, like, it's interesting to see how like the privately owned teams, the likes of your Liverpool's, your Everton's, who don't, they're not necessarily like uh, they're not state owned, but they're like they're they're basically like rich guy owned, if you like. So it's just like yeah. they're sporting groups. So how do they kind of work with it? Which is why I kind of like they've kind of done like very like sketchy things like furlough and staff when it's like very much against the club ethos to do that sort of thing. Like uh, like the yeah. like Liverpool fans in particular were not were not happy with the attempted furloughing because it goes against literally everything the club everything, stands for. Yeah, you know. But then again, like like I said, that's that's kind of one like of a few examples of the owners just don't quite get the 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 philosophy of the club, which is it's fine. Like they're Americans, they're hyper capitalists. Yeah, like well, no one standards. doesn't get the the vibe of the club less than uh, Stan Kroenke. Yeah, that's Stan. Yeah, perfect uh, example as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've actually just got it up here now. Uh, sorry, it was Villa. Crazy. It was Villa. <laughs> 
happens to the uh, other man first, Neil, doesn't it? You, you took you took your hoodie off earlier, so like you've got yourself, <laughs> <laughs> you've only got yourself to blame for that. Like I hate this uh, video call. <laughs> Neil, Neil has been cancelled from the Liquid Football Podcast. You'll be replaced uh, no, by a non nice Mexican equivalent next week. It, it was it was Villa I was looking at there. So Villa posted a sixty nine million pound net loss. Yeah. So their operating loss is even higher at 115. Mm. Um, so that's just crazy. And this is and this is in a season, by the way, that they spent so much money on buying new players and didn't necessarily like make any money on on selling anyone. Like all the, anyone that sold were all like free transfers that they were releasing. Yeah, they, the made contracts. A, they made eleven. They made eleven million profit in player sales. Yeah. So like they even, like they have. No, that's the thing. Like, and in a way, like all those promoter teams are kind of the same way. Like, they didn't have any cash cows they could sell on, and then like they could fund. They were obviously like banking on the Premier League money in order to to subsidise their budgets, which is in a way like in a normal it's a season. Fair play. Yeah, you know that would have been okay in a in a sense. It's like it's obviously not good business overall, but in the crazy like like position that football clubs are there's in. No- there's no planet. There's no way ever that football can be considered good business. Oh, it's not. No, that that's my point. Like, but the, the fact that now you have this going on, it's actually exposed how critically how flawed the whole it, yeah. system is. You know, yeah. Like, there's very that's few true. clubs in the world you could say they're actually sustainable. Like, let, in England, you can't, you couldn't really look at a club and say that they're sustainable. You know, it's just the way the model is. Well, well, also when we move on to the other leagues. Um, because it, it feeds into my card, I'll be mentioning a bit about that, about Barcelona, which is yes. uh, hilariously poorly run. Right oh now. my <laughs> Jesus Christ, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so basically, back on to Project Restart. So, um, yes. yeah, they're looking at June 19th for a logical one, but um, we've fucking, they've no idea. So, and UEFA are going to drop the guillotine by the 25th of May. Mm. Um but so, even like in the last week, you've had those three Brighton players. Um, yeah. Like the clubs have started to train in like socially distant manners. Yeah, um, small groups. And small groups. Um, there's, I suppose, regulations that we might not be exactly privy to, but like that the clubs would be under strict social distancing rules. And that still hasn't prevented three players from the one team. And like you look at a squad like Brighton and that's that's going to, be tough on them that's they're not mm. going to it's not like they have you know a bench full of um you know yeah. worldies <laughs> to replace i don't know if they haven't named the three players or if they have if it's rumors more on twitter but yeah like it's not less it, that you know with manchester city or with man united ish um you'd have replacements there for those three players mm. theoretically but in brighton you wouldn't necessarily have the same caliber of substitute there yeah, no, and especially exactly. considering they're in a more pertinent position because a relegation in this current climate would kill a club like them. Even though, like yeah. Brighton, you could even say, you could even look at them and say they're an adequately run club considering everyone around them. Like that, that, that's a club that could really get hurt from like from what could happen with a relegation. In fact, anything like really, all, most of the like if if it happens to like a, the likes of a West Ham or an Aston Villa, like. That's very hard for them to recover from because they're they're big clubs, so they have to work on a big budget in a way. But because they've like they in a way like they need the money there to work on it. They need like some form of like massive capital to, to operate. You know, for a Norwich, you could say, oh well, that's grand. They can just sell off a couple of players. West Ham can't really do that because you can sell off the good sell. Uh, Andy Carroll. Players. 
<laughs> it's not even that. I can't like, even sell him for fucking scrap. Yeah, precisely. It's not even that. It'd be like oil. Like, They'll be paying people to take them off. <laughs> Actually, you probably could sell him off for oil, just render down all of his fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the all grease the, in his hair. The grease in his hair, yeah, exactly. But like that's that's the thing, like it's like whichever plan they do end up going with, it's just going to end up so badly for like some clubs. You know what I mean? And like even from like okay, I, I can't really talk from a Liverpool standpoint because like we're we're home and hose just from a, not from a mathematical standpoint, but if they if they did go from like a okay, let's just stop the league at that point, we're grand. But obviously from like every other perspective in the league, there you need to have some sporting way to decide how this league well, ends see, up. The thing about it is is that the, the FA are stuck between a rock and a gigantic calcified piece of shit mm. um, made out of entirely out of potential lo- uh, lawsuits. Yeah. Because, the, look, the, the best thing to do is to sack the league off, right? That's yeah. the best thing to do. One thing is that they want, they need to complete the league so they don't get sued for shitload of money. Mm-hmm. But they know the best thing to do is to sack it off, which is the best thing for player safety, yeah, and and crowd safety as well, and people. Of course, yeah. But um, the FA are so spineless and weak that they can't really do that. No, and they're so indebted, they're so hard up for currency. They're basically, you know, giving blowjobs for pennies down alleyways. Mm-hmm. Um, they're giving so- pennies for blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> so they can't sack the league off because Liverpool will just go for them. Uh, of course, John yeah. John Henry himself has just gone out and said, like, if they don't give us the title, um, they better have a good lawyer. Uh, it's not even that, but, like, it's especially, like, okay, if you look at the era of Easy, right, and the way they voided the title, fair enough, it's because Ajax and AZ were on joint point. They couldn't certifiably decide a winner. If you look at how League One decided, they said, "Okay, PSG is eight points clear, and they're by far the best team in the, in the league." We can recognize that. They did points that. per game, didn't they? They did points per game, yeah. And uh, and the thing is, the reason they did that was to decide who got the European spots because relegation was more or less settled. You know, you had the three teams at the bottom, and the three teams would go, "Fair enough, we were shit." And yes. uh, in a way, like it was suited them that season because there weren't any. Well, outside of Toulouse, there wasn't any major casualties in that league. It wasn't like a, a Monaco or a Lyon going down. The only team that actually are disputing is Lyon because they had such a woeful start to the season, and they're actually on they're on in the ascendancy as the title as the league ended. But they're seventh, so they're not getting any European football or anything like that. So they're going to go like, well, what happens to us? It's like, well, you shouldn't have hired a Gimp as a manager at the start of your season. <laughs> and of course, that means then on the flip side, though. You look at a team like uh, Stade Rene, who I think finished third now in that league. They're now getting Champions League football whenever that yeah. comes back. So they're going like, oh, that's here. We're not fucking relinquishing our position to Leon or anyone else, you know? Well, that's also the thing there as well, but you can't really do that. Mm. Because, well, we all kind of, if Liverpool were awarded the title, I don't think any, what, you're two games away? Uh, yeah, like not even that. Not in six points. Yeah, like I said, like if, if if City lost their first game and we won it, we win. That's the way it worked. Like so, it te- could be I've one game just, away. I've actually just realised it's been nine weeks since I've looked at the Premier League table. <laughs> I know. I'm not used to this. I'm not used to just I've, I've doing the maths. Got, like, genuinely, this is the first time I've learned. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Where are these people? Um, <laughs> sorry, that's a tweet there. But in giving Liverpool the title, you'd have hmm. to relegate. The bottom three teams. Yes. And the thing is, is that there's a couple of teams in there. I think 
Who's in there only on gold? If somebody's only in there on gold difference, uh, I'm actually just yeah. going to have a gander at it now. Uh, uh, I know West Ham have been. Yes, they were, uh, yeah. Bournemouth. Bournemouth are in the uh, drop zone by one goal. Yeah, one goal. Like they're going to fight that too. And yeah, and imagine that was a VAR decision. That, mm. You know, was that yeah, goal? That, that, that's another there. kettle of fish there. Actually, as well. oh, actually only a good, a good thing is is that they were saying for the um, UEFA have said that for any remaining matches, um, VAR can be sacked off. So there's Good. no more harm. So if Good. they do restart, yeah, because it's not, the referees can't socially distance themselves in the <laughs> control box, in the, in the VAR box. <laughs> oh my god! Well, because you know people can't work remotely in VAR. They can't work remotely on a remote system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in that case, there is one league we can settle. Yeah. There's one league we can finally settle, lads, and that's the winner of VAR wars is Manchester United with four points. Uh, relegated from Bar Wars is Liverpool on minus four. <laughs> That's one. <laughs> Finally, we have one resolution we can deal with. <laughs> now we just get to get rid of the rest of the problems. You've you know? never been happier to be relegated from a fucking league in your life, I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I can't wait for the VAR Championship. It's much more competitive. Although <laughs> Liverpool um, could get relegated this season. Oh, they almost certainly are getting relegated. Like, let's be yeah. fair. Yeah. They are, absolutely yeah. are. But, that, but that's, uh, that's it as well. So mm. they want to... Whichever way the FA turn, they're completely yeah. fucked. So if yes. they award it, if they and also one of the stupidest um, suggestions as well was, oh, we'll just have relegation not count. Uh, that can't year. work. And that then you have the, the likes of was it Leeds? Or, Leeds and West Brom, yeah. They're like screaming. I I think in fairness they've actually been like fairly decent, and they've been like I know I saw Leeds versus Arsenal, and I was. Fairly impressed with them, mm. but um, I, I, West Brom are one of those teams that are in the, up there with Watford or down there with Watford, and they're they they're, they're, they're in the Bergwald blind spot. Yeah, <laughs> W teams. W teams. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what West Brom are like. I just know that there was like, oh, what was your man who drove to their uh, training ground? Adam Wingy. Peter Adam Wingy. Uh, to try and force a move. Uh, that's that was, all I know about West Brom. Yeah, he was, a, he was on the books <laughs> of West Brom and he drove all the way down from Birmingham to London for a medical with QPR, not realising the deal had solved and he was parked outside Loftus Road for three hours. Because his, his agent shafted him on <laughs> Poor bastard. Laughing stuff uh, for but, generations. Um, yeah, no, like there's... Um, there's just like I in my line of work I am also at the point where there's not a decision has to be made by a governing body mm. that nobody is going to 100% agree on everyone yeah. is going to be coming out shortchanged so it's mm-hmm. what's being fought over is who comes out for like shortchanged the most in the situation and that's exactly what's happening in the Premier League and yeah. across the other leagues as well uh, where you've got competent FAs who are making decision quickly and not leaving people in the lurch and not leaving people like not knowing what's happening mm. um, and that's one of the big things that again I'm going to come back on to when we talk about the women's league yeah. that there has been absolutely no communication with any women's clubs for four weeks no official communication from FA down to the clubs to no. tell them what's happening they have just been told you will know by the end of May mm-hmm when we get to it. When we sort out this whole other mess that is losing us millions of euro or pound uh, or, and euro, I suppose. Um, mm. But like, 
then we'll come back down to you guys, you know, and your little hobby that you call football, you know. <laughs> yeah. That you do in between cooking and making sandwiches and stuff. So, uh, yeah, no, um, there, there isn't going to be a decision that, like, if I would think, like, just myself, even though it doesn't particularly favour my team, mm. all the season, time of death, now. Hmm. Like, yeah, okay, Bournemouth are in the relegation zone by one goal. Uh, that's shitty, but at the same time, that's how the league table looked at the end of a week. The only thing I could see, if I actually don't know, you might have the table in front of you. Has everyone played the same number of games? No, this is the, this is the trouble. That's why they, they have uh, to go with the... This is why they have to go by the points per game model because yeah, okay. there's some teams that have a game in hand. The Arsenal, for example, Sheffield United, Man City... They're all on the game less than the rest of the league. And Villa, crucially. So you see, if Villa had played the game, which I think is against uh, Arsenal, um, if they'd won that game, they'd be out of the relegation zone. Yeah. So this is where the conundrum is. Now, I think it, based off the points per, model, points per game model, I believe it would stay as it is with Bournemouth like, relegated because they've, they've recorded the least, um, the least amount of wins compared to Watford. Actually, no, I'm wrong. I think it's Watford that will... Uh, sorry, let me... Oh, do you always get that mixed up too, Jonathan? <laughs> no, do not, sorry, no. It's, it's Watford had more draws. So you see, that would actually work in their favour. So Bournemouth, despite having seven wins, they've only had six draws. Therefore, Watford have had six plus nine. It's the way they've, they're working at the, the system. Um, yeah, and West right. Ham would be okay. But, well, I say okay. They're, like, they're still in, in on the same mats, but slightly better goal difference. So in a way, like, the trouble is that the way I see it, like, you kind of have to deal with the league in stages for me. Like there's too many. There's a few positions that are very contentious because of the money, and there's some positions that aren't. Like again, from my point of view, like we're 29 points ahead. That's, yeah, you can't. You can't. You can, tell, you can't get that tell. in the buds. No position. No position in the. It's the Premier League. There's no position that doesn't. That isn't money. No, exactly. That that's the problem. So I would say you have to kind of deal with the league in stages and like the mid table. At least that's some sort of like okay. There's a there's a few million there's a few million difference within each position. That's fair enough. What I would do there is aggregate the whatever prize money as a group. That's the only way to please all those le- all those clubs. And given considering whatever circumstances you have, I think they should better well take that. Okay, it's a matter of a couple of million, and yeah, your your finances are based off that, but. It's better than you get nothing, isn't it? Like when you, when you look at it, you know, it's that's the way I'd see it. The problem is as well, like, okay, you can arguably say maybe Man City are a rightful second place position. Like you have to make a call, like, okay, we have to declare, we have to let's say satisfactory, they're first, they're second, and then identify which sections then you have to start, like, uh, I suppose, ad, uh, deliberating about. So from like third down, you could say from Man- from Leicester. They're five points ahead of Chelsea. You could argue, you could make a case that they're a third place team. I, I, do you know what? Actually, I'm just thinking here, right? With teachers in Ireland, we're currently being asked to do predictive grading. Mm. Why don't we just do predictive grading for the leave <laughs> for the like last game week? So, like, look see, I, I think I think XG that works though. And yeah, use like XG and all the stats that you have built up from the season. The points per game can also be brought in under this model, module, like, and then mm. have a look at how the different teams will play out. Yeah, yeah. See, the, and and that's the thing. Like, okay, like you, the the possibility of upset victories are gone then in that point. But at least, like, okay, it's, it's all, do you know what the comparison will be? It's like if the if the race if a race ends under the safety car. That's the way I kind of look at it. Okay, like, granted, yeah. 
it's 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 over, okay. But like the last quarter of the race was behind the fucking like an old man driving yeah. a Mercedes. But fair enough, at least it's en- it's ended. It's over. You know, kind yeah. of you're not waiting fucking four hours for the weather to improve. Yeah, you know, but there's of- precedent. The, 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 that's the problem is that in the F1, the safety car is precedent. Like when the safety mm-hmm. car comes out, that's not a fucking unheard of incident. No, you know, that's, that's, yeah. you know, whenever that happens, people there's been a deadly crash and everybody's loving it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a high <laughs> chance that like the decision they're going to make now mm. um, will probably never have to be made again, True. and they're going to get sued over it like so fucking badly. Like, so uh, yeah, there's it, 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 like it's a case of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But what is like the what could be the most like adequate decision because. Like, let's face it, like the UK, England are in such a bad state over the virus. The virus is practically this mutating by itself over there. Is so the they're not going to have football no, back when they want No, his name is Boris Johnson. He's <laughs> not the virus. Although they are very similar and lots of people mix them up. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, yes, a lot of his speeches involve the term baby steps, which I find quite ironic, <laughs> given that he's never around, given that he's never around for anyone. <laughs> Um, what the- Neil dropping the sauce live on the Liquid Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, um, that was actually I, I can credit Marina Hyde for that one. Oh, uh, fair enough. She so, in all fairness, the best way of doing it, right? In that, like, the Bundesliga can look at restarting because they've got a competent government yes. with a leader that actually understands what the fuck she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, like. As we said before, like uh, an entire team, Dinamo have Dresden, been yeah. have been Dinamo Dresden have been quarantined, so that's going to cause a fixture pileup. So they're already staring mm. down the barrel of a fixture pileup. Well, in fairness, now Dresden are a are in the second Bundesliga. They're in the second league, but even yeah. then, like what happens to them? It's going to happen to another team, you know. Mm. They've True. already yeah. they've already seen a spike in infections. Yeah, uh, and they don't. I, well, I think I think what. They are kind of allowing for that spike to happen because exactly, they've got yeah, they're, they're the, they've got the facilities to deal with it. Yeah. Um, what has been interesting um, is uh, Diane Caldwell, who plays for the Irish women's team, plays over for SC Stands, which is in the Frauen Bundesliga. Mm. Um, and they, she's been putting up clips of her training sessions. So up until like two weeks ago, she was doing individual training sessions. Uh, with her partner so that was the allowed that you could go out to public places and only kind of train and do your drills with the person that you know who you live with or whatever yeah um but she then put up pictures of what their training sessions are like as a club and their actual first training session officially was to go out and help the local farmers pick fruit um (laughs) Because they they would usually have seasonal workers come in, but because they can't hire anyone at the minute, the mm. local team went out and they had their first socially distanced training where they someone would pick the fruit and be passed along the baskets and stuff. I don't even know what oh. fruit it was. That's, um, that's clever. It, I like that. Um, well, it was very it was very interesting to see because like I think they made like a promo video of it and kind of showing mm-hmm. like we could be socially distant and also economically, you know, sound to the our yeah. locals. Uh, but it was really interesting to see their, what their training sessions were like because um, they are still, even two weeks later after the restrictions have been lifted, they are still not allowed to tackle. They're not allowed mm. to get in and tackle each other. So it's all been passing drills um, and close ball control. Uh, and they have like this like two two meter by two meter 
like square that they're in and they can pass mm. the ball within these squares but they can't leave their square and it just had me thinking it's like literally playing foosball yeah yeah if they go back playing the league and they're not allowed to tackle you're pretty much just doing foosball and depending on your passing skills you could actually do quite well or do shit yeah so uh, like that would actually you know that is what i'm going to write to the fa and say <laughs> have everyone impaled on large poles and used as human for own safety for their own safety Oh yeah, safety of everyone yeah. involved. Impaled them on large so, uh, skewers. And, yes. uh, Burkbot's uh, Burkbot's suggestion for the new head of the FA is Vlad the Impaler. Yes. 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 <laughs> Somehow <laughs> not as financially dubious as the real FA. It's probably better than the one they're in now. Yeah. Um, just actually, what we're talking about the points per game thing. Um, I read a really good article on the Athletic. A man called Tom Warville, who argued that it shouldn't be. So when I read out the table, how it would end right now if it was decided by points per game? Sure. Mm -hmm. All right, then. So obviously, Liverpool would win. Yeah. Uh, CE second. Uh, Leicester, Chelsea, and Man U would be third to fourth and fifth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sheffield United and Wolves. Then Arsenal, Spurs, we'd... Sorry, is is that Sheffield United ahead of Wolves? Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um... Then Arsenal Spurs, so yeah. we would have a St. Totteringham's Day. Yeah. Uh, Burnley, Crystal Palace, Everton in 12th. Uh, Newcastle, Southampton, Brighton, West Ham, Watford takes us all the way to 17th. And then three relegated teams would be Bournemouth, Villa, and Norwich. Mm-hmm. Oh, that means I'd have Wolves and Watford again to mix up next season, though. Yep. Can't really be like helped, that. in fairness. Can't really be helped. Okay. Oh, and then West Brom could get in, and then I'd be triply fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But the thing is that, like, points per game doesn't take into account the strength of every run-ins team, which is basically his argument. And this is one I think Brighton were heavily arguing against Mm. using this because I think, uh, what, there's nine games left, isn't there? Yeah, nine games, yeah. Yeah, And they would have a bad run-in. They've got, no, they've got five of them at home. Yes, they've they've played almost all of their away games already. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "This is a huge and it is a huge advantage for them." But like, they're not lying. No, um, it's definitely in their best interest, but it isn't a lie. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there's there. So even doing it on points per game is a flawed system. Yeah, it doesn't really work. Um, foosball, tell him human foosball. foosball oh, what, what they what they do is they do like a hundred. Like either a hundred or a thousand like simulations on Football Manager, and just whatever the aggregate score is, just take that and just see how it goes. What is the average scoreline out of a thousand permutations? Like out of all the things that could possibly happen, like injuries, goals, goats getting sacrificed I, I at the see, goal line. I did see a tweet of um, this old school. I don't know what league it was, and I don't know whether it was a legitimate match, but like it was just goalkeepers throwing the ball out. But mm. throwing it into the other goalkeeper's net, and that was their version of penalty shootout. So, like, you know, when the keeper can throw the ball out, and like, you know, they, yeah, um, they're basically just throwing it into the goal, and the other keeper had a chance to save it. So the keeper is on the line, has to save it, mm. uh, and then if they catch the rebound, they can fuck the ball back and try and score. And it was the most bizarre and entertaining. I don't know if it's just the sport deprivation <laughs> I've been suffering from, but I was enthralled. 
you do you do know that marble racing exists, Burke Ball? You, you, you know oh that. Oh my god, you, I you, love you it. Could, you could, yeah, a little, maybe more of that. Cloudy <laughs> blue all the way. Man, no, go, go for the marble E, man. Mercedes are fucking killing it this year. Holy <laughs> shit, man. They've just, they just turned up to Paris and fucking wasted everybody else. Not even joking. I, I actually, I know uh, one of the guys I work with stayed up watching Korean baseball. He's never watched any baseball before in his life. <laughs> but I just need to watch something. At like three o'clock in the morning, it's like, yes, I stayed up for this. What about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, it's uh, going back, getting back to the topic at hand, like obviously there's no real great way of settling this. Um, and and like, whatever they do is wrong. But at we least can from... all agree that if Liverpool are handed the title, it is with an asterisk. Like now, an now I am of, I, <laughs> an asterisk the size of Pluto. <laughs> see, I was going to I was going to give out shit about this because, okay, <laughs> yes, of course it's not mathematically completed, but how exactly do you asterisk a fucking pandemic? How they, exactly? They, they, because the league was closed early, and that's yeah, not all the that. games could go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like it's. Okay, granted, I can see your point, but like literally, this could have been a matter of two weeks. So, like, it could have been easily and, been definitively and those declared. Two weeks cost how many lives, Jonathan? I, I know. I'm. 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 Jesus, I know. Like, we we had like fucking like Atletico come up to Anfield. That was fucking like ground zero for Liverpool for cases of Liverpool in fucking cases of COVID in Liverpool because all like half the Madrid fans were infected with it, and they fucking infected yeah. the whole stadium. Like we're not happy about that at all. Like really, so that's there's certainly a case. There's a, the mayor of of Liverpool is like really traumatized by that aspect of it. Like so, he doesn't want any fucking like football in the town city of Liverpool until this is all settled. So he doesn't want Liverpool playing Everton, fucking Tranmere Rovers. He doesn't want playing. So it's it's been all it's well, a big kind of like anyway. So <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I don't think there's going to be major <laughs> loss there. Um, but, yeah, Tranmere but Rovers like, pitch finally has a chance to recover. <laughs> Nature is healing. <laughs> so some say it's starting to drain now, which is amazing. You know, they'll, they'll start seeing fucking jellyfish now floating across the pitch. Should be great, beautiful. Um, but yeah, like, it, it, and the gas thing with the Premier League is that because that's not getting settled, but because like England has such a massive like league structure compared to some other countries, like that has such a serious knock-on effect then to the lower leagues because League One and League Two. I think they have to be void. They they have to be cancelled essentially. So they have to decide who gets promoted. And the trouble is, the championship completely disagrees with that. So like the championship wants the championship, to oh, again because it, it goes back to the financial like inflation of the Premier League. Yeah. Because the Premier like the, what's the step up in like funding from League Two to League One or League One to the Championship? Yeah. I mean, it, now, it, it, it's it's a lot now for those teams, definitely. But the step up from the championship, oh, she's died. <laughs> <laughs> the step up from the championship to the Premier League is like orders of magnitude large. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, like you're dealing with like a, like it's practically a hundred million euro pound jump compared to yeah. like as I said, it could be like a matter of a million, you know, for whatever TV money the championship does get. Um, but uh, you know, no, you're right in that sense. But the problem is that like if they were to say, <laughs> let us just have any right. Re- any relegation this year as Burpa has the shakes for a while. <laughs> uh, what, are yeah. t- what are you doing? Sorry, are you balancing it on your feet or something? What's going on? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing like leg lifts this entire time. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, filming in a, an earthquake zone. 
Uh, <laughs> or in a water I don't know bed. if that came across in the audio, but my um, phone charger came out and caused my entire stability <laughs> of my phone setup to, to crack. <laughs> Oh man! But this is the thing, like, because the 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 absence of relegation this year, right, means that like, okay, what happens to the the championship then? Does it does it mean yeah. that you have a Premier League of twenty three teams? Then okay, no, that, that no, obviously no, it doesn't work. But like, if you if you do kind of continue on that logic, right, that means you have to have a championship of twenty three teams and then yeah. twenty four and twenty three. But here's the problem, though. Like half of those clubs are not going to be able to sustain a, 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 a league of football next season because they're not going to afford it. Like in League One in particular, and the reason that I think there's going to be serious objections to cancelling that league is Sunderland, right? So at at the state of play is Coventry will be promoted, right? If we're going because they're going by the points per game system, yeah. So Coventry would go would go up, uh, Rotherham would go up, and Oxford by goal difference would go up. They'd be just assumed to have won the playoffs. But the problem is, there's some pretty big-ass teams in League One at the moment. Portsmouth um, and Sunderland. They have massive budgets. And they re- like Sunderland in particular cannot possibly spend another year in League One as they are with the big stadium of light and the training academy and all the other shit they have going on. And the Netflix documentary. That costs an arm and a leg as it is. That's so, hilarious. You've seen that? Oh, it's, no. it's, it's wonderful. It's magical. It's, it's beautiful. I, don't get me wrong. It, it's, it's one of my favorite things in the world. Bolton, for example, right? There's another one. They're in, in dire straits as it is. Like, these teams are now going to have to consider themselves like, okay, if we do get back up and running, how exactly are we going to put out a football team? Because they're going to be in such major arrears. Like, some clubs could just be declared bad debts and just, you just found another one, start off from the bottom in the pub leagues. You know, this is the trouble. Um, oh, and pubs will be a thing again. Yes, yes. pubs. I miss oh, pubs. I miss pubs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for making you guys feel guilty. But it's when you should mention um, other leagues as well, Neil, because uh, the Italian league seems to want to get back up and running in the middle of June as well. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting considering they were one of the they were one of the heaviest hits from the pandemic and they seem to yeah, just say not anymore like their, their rates are been going down for about I think the international standard is uh, a steady decline over 14 days yeah typically yeah um, so like they, they seem grand and they have a historical indifference to life as well mm. so if people die they don't really give too much of a shit <laughs> Um, so it's thank you for listening, uh, the Italian viewers. We're sorry to lose you, but uh, <laughs> just have to face facts about your culture. <laughs> no, but the that's clearly a joke. But, um, <laughs> Don't cancel us. <laughs> the, <laughs> it, it, it's very obvious that, like in the UK, they've got a serious um, issue. I mean, the Scottish mm. League have. Oh Jesus, know, man! Oh. They've sacked it off, and the, but the reason why they they cancelled their their league. Um, was because the lower clubs are just so cash poor mm. that um, they needed the prize monies. So because if they cancelled the league early, um, it enabled the SPL yeah. uh, to issue prize monies uh, early, mm. and that, that's what's keeping any of their, their, those clubs afloat. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of the Scottish clubs are fighting it tooth and nail. Rangers in particular. Yes, there's really been a lot of talk about Rangers in the last yeah. week. They're not the appeal. only club. It's funny, yeah, their appeal. Do you know what their appeal is based on? Will I tell you about that? 
It was the, it was the actual running of the league, wasn't it? Something along those lines. It was the administration no, yeah, well, of the league. They said it was administration, but it's based off a long, right? What's a, I do think it's around the, based around a club that used to exist called Gretna back in 2007. Have you not heard this? I no. only, the, I only the little bits of it. I'll, so, I'll tell you. Um, so story time with Neil. So, <laughs> so the <laughs> main, it's a new segment. <laughs> so the main reason why Rangers and a few other teams, by the way, they're the most Rangers are the most prominent, obviously, because they're one of the big two in Scottish football. But yes. Hearts are a big one as well. They don't want, they don't like this as well. Mm. So when the SPL announced that they were going to cancel the league in order to enable them to issue prize monies early to clubs so they could stay afloat and not crumble mm-hmm. um, Rangers went well while we if you're worried about clubs going under while we figure out a way of restarting the league why don't you loan them the money mm. um, that way they could pay you back you could you could even fucking charge interest you could make 8% oh. off um, off, a, off a Premier League club off a Scottish Premier League club and the league went, well, no, because we don't loan money to clubs because we've done that before. And if the clubs don't pay back the money, then essentially everybody else in the league has to foot the bill. Yes. And they yes. went, we, that's what we did with Gretna. Now, Gretna were a club back in, the, I think, the 2007-2008 mm. uh, season. And they basically went into administration midway through the season and were going to go bust. So the SPL loaned them 400 grand so they could finish the season and then start paying back the loan. Yeah. Now, Gretna finished the season, but they still, went up, still ended up going bust. Mm. So they couldn't pay back the loan. Um, and then the SPL went, well, that was a 400 grand deficit on our budget for the future, which essentially everybody had to pick up the tab on. Yeah. So everybody went, okay, then, right. But one enterprising individual went and looked at the liquidation documents that Gretna submitted obviously when they wrapped up mm. and on the list of creditors, the people who they owe money to the SPL were, weren't listed. And I went, that's a little oh. weird, you know, 400 oh, grand. Long. Yeah. So then he went and obviously all the leagues, including the Premier League have to publish their accounts mm. at the end of every season or the end of every year. And they went and looked at the 07, I think 07, 08, it might be 08, 09, whatever, but they went and looked at the end of season accounts and the 400 grand loan isn't there either. And then I went, okay. And they looked at the subsequent year's accounts and the 400 grand hole that apparently everybody had to pay the tab on, that's not there either. <laughs> so the, this, is, that this is what led to Rangers' appeal that the club, that the, the league isn't being run correctly because they went, well, you've sacked off our suggestion with this loan apparently that you don't do, which nobody can, it doesn't exist on any paper anywhere. Yeah. That's what led to, that whole thing <laughs> so yeah That's mental yeah are you telling me that football's association can be corrupt this now is that is that now uh, hang on now hang on now that is a serious allegation we <laughs> the views of burkbot are not shared by the liquid football podcast or by <laughs> we'll, just flash up. we'll just have that flash just, uh, can we just caption that <laughs> qualify that please um i'm really sorry about that if you've been listening uh uh, John Delaney, but we really do think you're a <laughs> lovely person. And you do not listen to, to any of our previous Codpast. Yes, Codpast. Yes. <laughs> we got to call them from now on. Codpast. I love them. Yeah. They're my favorite yeah. fish. <laughs> so that's basically it as well. So 
other leagues have been doing this kind of sacking it off early and it's not been going well for any of them. Mm. But they're not as like up the broadcasters hoops as the FA is. Yes. Because they've been inflating their product for so long. Mm hmm. Yeah, so, it, like it is. It is at the point of bursting. And it's kind of interesting how how everything is going to fall apart. Like if you had, if you guys had to even uh, imagine how the Premier League would look after all this is over. Let's say it's a year on down the line, and we have at least some form of like season in play. Perhaps we're starting off like in January, and now we're going all the, we're like in the midway of true next season. How does this season look to you guys? Is it a 23 club league? Are we starting off the league again? Are we kind of like have this kind of weird season and a half set up? What do you guys think in all, it is? In all fairness, I think what the FA are going to do, they're going to do what they always did, which is defer to UEFA. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whenever the FA have put up a rule, they've never enforced it. Like FFP has never been enforced by the FA really, mm-hmm. uh, against, especially against the bigger club. They've always waited. They've always waited until UEFA have gone in because UEFA... Well, by no means a very good or benevolent organization <laughs> by any stretch of the fucking no, imagination. They that. aren't as beholden to broadcasting uh, revenues as the FA are. And the FA are practically addicts. Yeah. Uh, so they can't really do anything. So that's why it's always UEFA that are constantly doing everything. So what I reckon they'll do is they will hope that somebody wastes enough time that they go past UEFA's 25th. 25th of March, 25th of May deadline, yeah. Um, deadline, and they'll they'll be forced to sack the whole league off because they know mm. that's pretty much the right thing to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just cancel the whole thing. Just go look. Let's just draw a line under this. And and would you, you know, say like so because you see null and void is now off the table as it were, and I don't think even UEFA can null and void a league unless it's there's some sort of like condition to it. So they would be like, however, however the league stands as it is, that's how you lock it in. Um, that's what you'd say would be the, the call on it. Either that or uh, maybe null and void. I'm like, they really need to null and void it. It's the only right thing to fucking do. Like, mm. um, so As a Labour Pill supporter, he is not going to agree to that, though, Neil. <laughs> that's the problem, you see, because like if if it was contested, if it was if it was like last season where there was like a point or two in the difference, I'd say fair enough. We can't decide who the winner is, but because we're so far ahead, like it, it, there'd have to be some sort of declaration. You'd have to even you yeah, have said that. Yeah, but in having a winner, you need to have losers. Mm, that's the trouble and as well. It's the losers that are the trouble. It's the fact that, like you said, was it Bournemouth you were saying? Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah. Have to run Bournemouth down, yeah. One goal, one fucking goal, not even a point. They're one yes. fucking goal. Where are they on the bar table, the VAR Wars table, Jonathan? <laughs> Good question. I think there are a few down, actually. I'd have to check the spreadsheet, but I think there are a few down. Whereas, uh, I think I think they're all in the same kind of like ball ballpark. They're all like minus one, minus right. two. There's very few teams that are winning VAR Wars, I'll be honest. I think Newcastle are the only one that's actually in the black as opposed to everyone else. So, uh, it's not exactly... Uh, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a fair reflection of uh, how everyone is doing on that sense. <laughs> if we'd add those goals back retroactively, I'd say they're all on the same goal difference, if I had to guess. Yeah, fair you enough. Know? So let's not, let's yeah. not uh, add that into the mix. Yeah, so unless UEFA relax the deadline mm. that they've got, which they probably will, yeah. Um, then yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't see the Premier League resolving this and they'll either be forced to call it now 
in which case they're going to get sued by two, three, four teams. Hmm. I think actually Liverpool will invade the FA and claim it for their own. Yeah. So or at least they, Liverpool Twitter will do that, which is even yeah, far more vicious so, than that. So Norwich, Norwich are the ones at the bottom, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so they're probably not going to kick up a fuss about it. They're dead, right? Yeah. They're, they're floating face down, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Definitely, um, yeah. But, like, the two teams above them who could very much, are, are only one win out of the, uh, the zone. Yeah, they're especially gonna, with Villa with the game in hand. So They're going to sue, like, exactly, Villa, especially with the game in hand. They're going to sue, man. Mm-hmm. They're going to sue. And what, I, I, and also, what about a club well, like Arsenal? What about a club like Arsenal? Because they, like, feasibly... We want to forget Emery was a thing. We're happy with avoiding the season. But, yeah, that, but, but I, okay, avoiding the season, fair enough. But, like, you guys could be on an upward trajectory based off the clubs around you. So, like, okay, you're eight or nine now. On trajectory. We're but there's still a the chance you could get European football. So would you not absolutely. want to have that opportunity? Well, like, absolutely, yeah. Next but, season. Yeah, but... I'd rather have people... Like Arteta, like very publicly, was one of the first high-profile footballing-related mm. players or managers to get the the virus. And he well, his diagnosis very... that shut down football pretty much. Yeah, when he yeah, got, exactly. When he, got, like, he, got, when he got diagnosed, they just dropped the kibosh on the whole league. Boom. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like he has, he has said that the league shouldn't go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like he's obviously been through it, and he knows how. Like he's a fit man. Like he could literally still play midfield for us. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, like, and he was like, I guess he said in his interview, like he was completely wiped with this. Mm. And like, okay, he didn't need to be hospitalized, but anyone with any sort of underlying, as we all know, could be wiped out. And this could, like, whatever about players getting it and getting the flu yeah. for a few days, they like. Yeah, the, the elderly person in the stands they walk past yeah like it could be a grounds person or someone like that or the Kate, their dinner yeah. lady or yeah. something like that yeah of course yeah yeah. Um, and he he's pretty much said the season should be uh, he had said just finished football should be finished yeah so and uh, that has been um, a couple like as of today I think it was maybe yesterday Joe Montemoro was uh, interviewed and mm. he pretty much said um, obviously we miss football I miss doing my job um, mm. but he was like the health and safety is paramount and yeah, like you know that is that has to be the forefront of everyone's minds yeah everyone's mind and at the minute the FA are not putting it to everyone's it's not at the forefront money is at the forefront yeah. which you can understand because it's an organisation but at the same time you've got people who are making up that organisation that organisation is built upon human people mm-hmm. who could be used as foosball players hence obviously yeah <laughs> no but like um, I suppose from uh, my point of view just to see like yeah. how this would work like I would agree with the sense that uh, cancelling the season is the only really sensible uh, solution because you're essentially considering, you're essentially agreeing, okay, we can't, uh, we can't like morally relegate like a club like Bournemouth because they could feasibly in the next match win at four 0 and they're suddenly in sixth, in fifteenth or fourteenth, whatever it is. Villa, Likewise, well, Villa. Villa could do that as well, exactly. So in that sense, like it's it's only reasonable for the smaller clubs to be like that. I would still say because UEFA have always have been always adamant that like regardless of if they do cancel or avoid the season, Liverpool would be would have the asterisks. They would say like you will be 
considered champions or something along those lines. So you'd still yeah. get like, we'll still be like in whatever the charity shield is, or you'll still be top seeds in the league. I would take that. I would genuinely take that. And a lot of Liverpool fans would take this asterisk because like, okay, it, it is just a matter of maths that we would have won the league. Like it is, we were not going to bottle it like many other teams. Like we weren't going to do a full fucking Kevin Keegan on it with that number of games. Like Man City were bound to lose a game at some point in that time. Like, they, they had a Man, Man City, Manchester derby just not long well, ago. The, the, lost, the, next, so. ga- the next game uh, before the lockdown kicked in was against us. Exactly. So you could have beat them as well. So like, and we, we want, I think our last, our game was going to be against Palace which would have been fucking ironic, if anything, to win it against them. Or uh, even the week after was Everton. So either way, yeah, like, it, the league it, was going to be ours. You yeah, know? Take, take it from an Arsenal fan. Winning the league at your Derby rivals ground is... It's, it's yeah. fucking... Fun. See, see we're, we're hurting because we don't get that fucking bellissimo moment. Yeah. But we're happy. Well, we are... I have to say, to for the most part of Liverpool fans, except for the, the, the usual, like, section of wine in every fan base yeah the gammon always is always there you know just in different percentages and i think for the most part we just want to have the title we just want to be recognized as champions no matter which way it is if it has to be in like a little piece of paper that's laminated in front of fucking stanley park we'll take it right like we're not going to get our title parade we're not going to get the celebrations we know that we can accept that we just want to be crowned champions in one way or the other because from our point of view, we're so far ahead. Surely that's enough. You know the kind of way. I can understand, yes, mathematically, you could have fucked it up and City wins it on the last day. But that's yeah, just but not nobody, going to nobody's happen. Making that, it's not that argument that people yes. make. People aren't saying, well, Liverpool could bottle it. Look, in all fairness, even the most, even the biggest Liverpool hater mm-hmm. fucking hard-pressed to come up with somewhat of a convincing argument that yeah. you would not have won the league. Um, yeah. It's more so it's the opposite end of the scale. That's the problem, yeah. And I you think know, it's only fairer to the smaller clubs that you have to give them the benefit of the doubt, especially at the bottom half of the league, because yeah. it'd be so unfair on a Bournemouth to relegate them, or even they come up with some other like gimmick to decide, they fucking spin a wheel and see who gets relegated. Like That's just harsh. Um, it's going to be harsh either way. In the SAWSL, they were asked, um, it was kind of like a poll that was done like would you like to close down the season would you like to pause it do you want to cut like do you want to just finish it there where you know and it's so tight up at the top like there's three points difference between Chelsea at Mm. the top and Arsenal in third um uh then the bottom it's not necessarily that tight but there is still a mathematical chance that Liverpool Mm. could survive and not get relegated um so they were kind of like, well, look, yeah, no, that wouldn't be a great option. And I know Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea are vying for Champions League places. Like, oh, well, what if we void the season? And the question came up, does that mean all the records that happened during this season? So, like, the attendance records that were broken this season, mm. uh, do they get broken? <laughs> Miedema was asked, like, oh, what about, like, your, your six goals and four assists? And she was like, hmm. I don't really want to get, get that taken off me. I was the most positive I've ever, like, I read. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the, the best thing posi- you've ever said about that game. Yeah. 
like, oh, I kind of like that record. <laughs> this, this actually seems like a good time to, to talk yeah, about like, WSL. Re- really? Uh, yeah, you would probably, we'll start talking about the women's football yeah. now. Like, because, uh, yeah. I kind of like, like that record. I was like, really? Well, we didn't know that at the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> what I really liked was um, when she got given the Player of the Season award uh, for us, uh, the Arsenal women's Twitter were like, try, they just posted up like in captions desperately trying to look for a picture of Vivian Medina celebrating gives up ah here you go and it's just a a load of her mm, pictures Sulkin. exactly sulking pictures and then the Orangi women got in on it and replied yeah. and they were like yeah we feel you we, we've known this for a while and it's just loads of pictures of her in her fucking Netherlands shirt going no oh no or given out yeah, and, like, given I think I think that match that she like there's a picture of her like giving out to a player and she had just got an assist and the player was like, You should have taken a shot and she's like, You're in a better position <laughs> <laughs> And they're arguing about who should have scored the goal that they scored. I I'm very sure that was a World Cup match. Um mm. but yeah, um So you you're talking about the knock on effect. Yes. So, yeah, we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we have the knock-on effect of the big clubs that are supporting women's clubs financially. So you, the likes of West Ham would probably be the first one that pops up to mind uh, because West Ham are in such dire straits like financially. Um, their women's team is, like, I literally think the manager, uh, Nick Cushing, I think. No, is it Nick Cushing? No, it's not Nick Cushing. Um, uh, I can't think of his name. They literally just gave him like money, and they're like, "Oh, here, buy whatever players you want for West Ham." He's after getting the shit hot combination of young players. Um, but if West Ham are struggling financially, the you'd know the first thing that's going to get cut is the funding to the women's team because that historically has been the case. Matt you look Beard. at like what was that? Matt Beard. Matt Beard, yeah. yeah. Like he he's a half decent manager and he knows and like but he's after getting together this really really good squad that are made up of internationals from different teams like captains of their you know international teams and he um but I have a feeling like they're gonna lose a lot of players because uh the way women's football works is you get very short term contracts so either a year or two years mm. and uh the way it works out is there's not people generally play out their contracts and then look for another club to say, hey, I'm out of a contract now. Like, can you know, would you be interested in signing me? And that's kind of how this works. Yeah, it's a similar situation to the likes of the League of Ireland, for example, because they'd be kind of in the same boat in terms of how the contracts work. You know, yeah. they come to a certain point um, where we just need to start looking. Um, with the So I, I just looking at West Ham and their kind of uncertainty that, even though their men's team is making this huge amount of loss, the women's team obviously makes a loss as well, but it'll definitely not be the biggest, I suppose, money hole in the club. Mm. Um, yet, I can imagine that being one of the first things to get cut. Yeah. Uh, and I they think a lot of clubs are looking Sorry? They have a sick team as well. Like they've, mm, um, that's you were that's just, a sad part. Actually, you were, you were tweeting me, they signed, uh, who did they recently sign? Um, Lehman. Yeah, Alicia Lehman has been with them. She's her contract's coming to the end. She's at the end of her second year at West Ham, and so at the end of the season, she's out of contract. And Arsenal are looking, uh, according to yeah, yeah, 
Twitter, Arsenal have been looking into signing her. I don't really know where she'd fit into the Arsenal squad. Like she definitely, I don't think, would get in ahead of Jordan Nobbs or Bet Mead out in the wing. But like she's an unbelievable carrier of the ball, really speedy. But mm. she would definitely get lapped up by any player, like any club in the league. Uh, you've got the likes of Reading, Reading who are in the Championship in the men's team. Yeah, have a really is. good. Uh, they, um, they've had really good women's team. They have a really nice structure in their women's team to try and uh, kind of make it as self-sufficient as possible. But they're still mm. heavily reliant on the men's team. Um, and those are the teams that are going to really suffer because they don't have that self-sufficiency. Um, and uh, as I mentioned before, and I had it on our last podcast, I think I had Liverpool as my cod because yeah. of their abysmal treatment and regard for their women's team. Mm. In the fact that they've allowed their women's team to suffer with playing conditions and pitches and investment, that they have allowed them to get relegated after, like you know, five years after winning the league, they've after now win, yeah. been. Um, it's just it's really, really, really shoddy. But then, um, if the league was to finish, you'd have Liverpool relegated, which mm. I, you know, it's a fair assessment based off the season. Like it's, oh, I mean, we're the worst team. They, uh, the worst in terms of results but I don't think you played the worst football but that's just I suppose it's the way it goes like you have to win the games you know yeah um, I don't think anyone would have too much to kind of say on that but where it's kind of the opposite of the men's league you've got mm. the fight at the top yes um, Arsenal uh, we had a bad run in January um, and lost a couple of big matches uh, which has kind of cost us a few, a good few points in the league and has us down to third. And mathematically, I don't think we can catch Chelsea in just the, the form that we're in. And Chelsea's team, as much as I hate to admit it, are fucking unreal. Mm. Um, and Man City, I, I'm actually kind of like, yeah, we could definitely take Man City. But if at this point, I think the table will finish with Arsenal in second if the matches were allowed to play out as yeah. they would, Arsenal would come second to Chelsea. We'd still have Champions League, which is what our aim would be. If they were to cut the season now, we miss out on Champions League by one point. Mm. So like Bournemouth going down on one goal, and again, it's like goal difference really. Um, it's so close at the top, but I suppose they're the three safest teams in the league in terms financially will be Arsenal, Man City and Chelsea because the men's team make the money that they do and invest the money that they do into the women's side. Yeah. Um, Manchester United will be another team that even though they're not particularly an established team at the minute, they're on their way up. But they've got that investment and they've got that security of having Manchester United looking mm. after them. Um, Spurs women... Um, I, you know, it's very hard for me to be impartial in this, um, but <laughs> Spurs have stopped funding the women as much as they had in previous years. So they had this huge push to get Spurs into the FAWSL. So the year that they were in the championship, so they only got promoted this year, mm. but the year that they like were pushing for promotion in the FAWSL too, they had so much investment. But all of the stuff that they got was like kind of short-term use. So like there's yeah. a story, I think I mentioned it before in the podcast, where they got a fridge for the changing room. 
um, and the fridge broke and has not been replaced. So they ha the trainer, the players have nowhere to put their food um, for when they come to training. So they could be at the the training center for a couple of hours and they mm. don't have a cafeteria to be handed food like some clubs like Arsenal or Man City would. Yeah. So they're going to this place that has no food, it actually has no storage for food. So they're going down to like the, the local garage and getting like pre-packed sandwiches and stuff. Like, um, Do they play for Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> no, they get their own taxes. Like, they get their <laughs> yeah. own taxes, that's yeah. the difference there. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah what, what swung me was the fact that they had a changing room. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not, not a toilet in an airport. Um, a car park. Yeah. <laughs> And a sheet. And sometimes he didn't even get the sheet. Um, <laughs> What's the style at the time? What's the style at the time, yes. Uh, but no, I can actually see Spurs like, not really doing well with this because they don't have no. the investment from the club. And the men's club are, after buying the stadium, they're mm. hemorrhaging money like really bad. And again, it's always the first thing that, even though they're an afterthought when it comes to planning anything, the women's yeah. is always the first thing on the list to be called. The, uh, this is the point I was about to make, is that, like, out of anything like this, like, uh, if there was any kind of, like, bottoming out of, like, the football economy in England, the first thing that was going to be destroyed was the women's football because it's seen as a sort of a, as a B-side, as a sort of, like, a, a, oh, by the way, this is happening type deal. In the same way, like, yeah. like, they, like if they had, like, some clubs would, would have their own priorities. Like, obviously, Arsenal and Man City and Chelsea, they have it kind of right in a sort of, like, fairly, a relatively equal system where they're just yeah. kind of, like, keeping pace, whatever it is. Um, and you could argue maybe Brighton are getting there on a smaller scale, but at least the, the, mm. the uh, philosophy is right with Brighton, you know. The trouble is that, yeah. like, there's other clubs that just go, well, listen, being realistic here, women's is like fourth in our list of things that we care about. So we care about the men's team, doing the, the youth academy, the reserves, then the women. And obviously yeah. that's not right. That's of course fucking wrong in this day and age not to do that. And that the trouble is that that sort of like mentality is going to be reinforced now that you like every club is going to go, well, we've lost all the TV money. We have to now start penny pinching. So yeah, like, I mean, Liverpool are going to just like scrap off the women's team as a bad debt and perhaps what? we reform what i would hope from this like and this is very much idealistic birth bot like a few drinks in like i wish i love the world the world is so positive Woo oh, um, so naive so young uh that this could actually be an, a, a leveler for mm. because you're seeing right we imagine right look, you know post-covid world the standard of the Premier League has gone down because the way we have to tackle now, you can't, you know, put your face too close to the other player, right? And just throwing out this apocalyptic scenario. <laughs> the football becomes be less exciting and less kind of, you've got less people being attracted to, you know, the big teams in the UK, whereas you can go and have full proper tackles in Germany where they've completely eradicated COVID-19. Yes. Um, you see the fall of the Premiership um, and then you've got kind of the bringing up of the women's football because mm. you're, they have more kind of skill they've got you know I, I'm not saying they have more skill but there's more of an opportunity to showcase their skill because if the men's isn't pulling the viewership then mm. maybe they're going to watch the you know oh let's watch Arsenal women's they, you know 
Well, it's not even that, but, but like the the sheer fact that like big stadiums aren't going to be filled out immediately. Like it's like like smaller stadiums have to open up first, and even then there will be like half attendance. So you could like easily go to a women's game where like the, the, you're not going to be paying that much money to get in. I, so you can go I to that first see, and then go to the men's game and say, "Oh fuck, I prefer 100%. this game." Instead. Yeah. Um, I did see um, a tweet where they were saying that like, "Oh, the FAWSL would will is looking to come back behind closed doors." And a Liverpool player uh, tweeted and then deleted. It's like, oh, no difference for us. So <laughs> because they had an average attendance, yeah, average attendance of about five hundred people per match. Yeah. Um, and I suppose people that will say that's going to affect, like you know, if playing the Premiership behind closed doors is going to affect um, the atmosphere of the game, and people are going to be less inclined to watch the game that where there's literally just commentators and football and it's like well that, anyone who's watched women's football that's very <laughs> standard and that's that, not yeah. going to be any different <laughs> yeah. um because uh, or even if like we've been to the ireland matches and generally the crowd noise is children <laughs> yes it's it's <laughs> quite hard it's quite hard to get into the non-rhyming game tears. yeah yeah they don't know horse lips uh <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say bad words around them or else get fucking hit by Birkbach, which is fucking great. Next next Ireland match, we're going to the opposite side where there's nobody around so we can shout a fucking abuse to the referee, right? Yeah, That's like my one condition. Cursing. Is there like a cursing section? No, the, you see, there is a cursing section, but it's like out in the coldest part of the stadium, so it's trying to put you off, you know? It's pure, <laughs> it's pure sexism, to be honest. Actually, what you were saying there um, about expunging records... And about Medima being delighted. <laughs> it reminded me of an article I'd read in The Athletic about um, Wolves women. Did you read it? Oh, yeah. No, I haven't read it. I saw it, though. Yeah. So uh, Wolves women play in the Division 1. And um, it's been sacked off along with like the steps 3 through 7 of the men's national leagues. But the problem is... <laughs> So the Wolves' official record now for the 2019-2020 season stands at played zero, played zero, one zero, lost zero, drawn zero, 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 except for the fact that it played 15 matches and won 14 of them. Oh, I thought, um, yeah. Scoring mm-hmm. <laughs> and scoring 83 goals. I was going to say it was something ridiculous. I thought it was like 74 goals in that. But yeah, that's no, like he- Arsenal... In the era that I was following along on teletext, mm. um, <laughs> that that was the only way I was able to follow the women's football back when I was ten was on the red button teletext on my on my TV, and every week I'd go in and I would check, to, oh, even just the mechanism. And uh, for any of our younger listeners, teletext was like HTML but worse, and it was. Controlled using directional buttons on your remote control, um, but yeah, I go in and I check the the league because that would come up first for women's football would be the league, and you just see like Arsenal at the top as always, but like mm. every week it'd be like a jump of like like ten in the goal difference, like it was ridiculous. Yeah. Like you go in like oh the first week oh thirty three goal difference, whoa, how many games played three? What? <laughs> <laughs> and then you go back in and be like goal difference of 45 four games played and I'm like what um, but yeah no uh, that that was shitty on Wolves but there's a couple of stories like that that um, 
it is going to be difficult um, for away. They were one win away from being promoted. Sounds familiar. And, uh, <laughs> yes. So, um, uh, yeah. But as well, right, we had the Euros 20, uh, 21 in the women's um, yeah. to be played in England. And there was actually such a big buzz around this because, okay, in Ireland, there's a big buzz around it because Ireland are three or six points away. I think we're three points away three, from qualifying think, yeah. for it. Yeah. Three to getting into the uh, round. The playoffs, there we go, and six from actually getting through. And our last yeah. two games are against Germany, home and away against Germany. Um, so there is actually a big buzz because we could theoretically beat Germany because we, we did it before very recently. Mm. Um, uh, and just currently, like at the, this moment in time, Germany have a couple of huge names out injured, which yeah. is just the, and we have a full strength squad, bar Megan Campbell, who's out injured. But like, it's like the ideal time for us to play them, but we can't. And like, probably yeah. by the time we can play them, all their good players are going to be back. And I'm like, nah. But there's this huge buzz around getting the FAWSL as competitive as it is. The FA player has been showcasing the matches. And like, okay, Arsenal did win 11 1 <laughs> in a match. But that has definitely gone from being the normal. That's not mm-hmm. normal anymore. It yeah. was normal back 10 years ago. It's not normal now. Mm. Um, which is great to have such a competitive league. Um, and then like the Euros get pushed back another year and mm. that build-up for the women's football is going to have to continue. And now after this break, we don't know what clubs are going to be left, what players are going to be. Arsenal actually have th- four players that are out of contract at the end of the season. Yeah. And they don't know if they're going to renew their contracts because they don't know, like Vicky Schnatterbeck had three offers from Germany um, to go. Uh, Arsenal have also offered her a contract to stay. And at the minute she's stuck up in the Alps uh, mm-hmm. in isolation. So like, she can't even <laughs> like, go and uh, sign a contract. Like, yeah, she actually can't do any, like, you know, her decision is, can't be made right now anyway, because it yeah. doesn't know how the season's going to go play out. And it's, like I said, it's the fact that the Women's League has become uh, such an afterthought that yeah. the clubs haven't even been briefed. Like, there are players who could be trying to organise moves to their new ho- homes in a different country or a mm. different part of the country. And the logistics of that, they can't even start to do because they, there has been no contract talks because yeah. they don't know if the season's ended or not. And then there's, like, obscurity in the contracts, like... It, does the season end on this date? Is it written mm. to their contract that their contract is over on the 3rd of June, for example? Or does it yeah. say when Arsenal have played their last match? And that's actually going to be different. The contracts aren't kind of um, universal in that case. They, like, mm. you know, they are all a bit different. So some people might have actually played their last game for the club and not know it yet. And again, I'm talking from an Arsenal point of view, but they're like every club is going through this exact same conundrum. But I just happen to know that it's the yeah. case for four players at Arsenal. But and like I said, there's actually some clubs where like the vast majority of their players would be out of that contract in that situation because they'd be getting like uh, like ro- either like rolling contracts or like they're getting like automatic extensions that type of deal. So like all of that is even on halt, even for like smaller teams. You know, like I don't know what yeah. the situation is for like for us because I think for the most part most of our big players are pinned down. 
But even then, like, as I was saying... With, with relegation as well, yeah, though. That's the that's the kicker as well, because even if we're, this season's voided, we could just go, like... I, I honestly can't yeah. see Neve Fahey being allowed to play in FAWSL too. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. <laughs> I don't think like, that's going to happen. Um, she's way too talented to be... Yeah. And Babajide. Babajide, yeah, exactly. Uh, Furness was so fucking good as well. That wouldn't be fair yeah. and hard to get relegated, you know? In fairness, it, it's hard on the club to get on the team to get relegated because they weren't that bad. It's just, I think they like, were just like really, said, really, really unlucky at the start of the season. And I 100% say their bad season, I would say at least 80% of those results would not have been those results had the, they played on a proper pitch. Yeah, if 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 they if they were taken seriously as a team, they had absolutely. Club, I think it would have been better. No home advantage to playing at home. They would prefer to play away because mm. they would actually get more supporters traveling to the away games. Yeah, because the pitch in Tranmere was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because we, we we touched on that pre- previously about how it how yeah, was pitch that were essentially playing had like fifty five games on a season. Not only that, but during like November December, the two wettest months of the year. <laughs> and you basically do you're using that three times a week for like four different clubs what do you think was going to happen and rugby as well so what the, what the fuck do you think was going to happen you know but listen that's again we could we could go on for hours about how fucking much they bought that up but anyway let's um get on to another part of uh vitriol of this show and uh let's hand out some cards lads it's been a while yeah yeah let's get let's give us our hand of cards uh This fella Ronaldo is a cop. I don't care if he's got him. I thought he yeah. he was fucking dreadful. Lord Nibble, he said like who ran away and left his wife for a young one. Neil, I know for certain that you have something uh, quite exotic for us today, haven't you, darling? You have some uh, paella for us, if you will. Yes, absolutely. I'm going to talk about Barcelona. Or Carry On, or as Ah. Carry On Barcelona. (laughs) (laughs) Winners of the, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called in English, uh, or in Spanish, but uh, the Women's League. All right. They were, well, after the, the league was called to the halt this week, they've been crowned champions. Well, don't know them, because uh, the men's team have been in somewhat of a turmoil. Now, this actually Ooh. predates uh, COVID-19. Uh, yeah. This has been going on as far back as January. However, over the last two months, mm. it's really kicked in, because six of the directors handed in their resignation, <laughs> meaning that the club literally actually can't legally operate. Uh, because the statute states that they need 14 board members and they only have 13. Uh, wow. So, <laughs> how did one of the most iconic, I'd say, football teams on the planet get to this? Well, it starts with Barkergate. So, <laughs> Barkergate was basically um, a allegation made by a resigning board member 
uh, that um, Bartomeu, the current president, was paying a cl- was paying a company. Yeah, <laughs> paying a company called I Three Ventures, um, paid them like nine hundred grand to smear. Basically, they were running. They were basically running uh, social media accounts. Yeah, I uh, brought that up the fact. last podcast. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to control their own stands. Yeah, and um, they were basically just smearing uh, the current board, some of the current board members, the ones who didn't like Bartomeu, and former players as well. Mm-hmm. And current and, players at uh, that, actually. Yeah, exactly, mm. current players as well. And the reason why it was called into um, question was because they were being paid by Barcelona. Mm. Uh, but the payments were in just the right amount because according to the statutes, if the payments go above a certain amount, there's an automatic internal audit as into what the fuck is this money for. Mm. And the payments are literally like a euro below that. So it never Aww. triggered. <laughs> so it didn't trigger the internal <laughs> audit that was going out to this fucking, uh, basically a Ukrainian bot farm. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, that was just brilliant. Um, so even Messi has come out and stated shit like this. And this, this is Lionel Messi, a player, who's yeah. so, who, a player who's so stoic and unresponsive that people genuinely believe he has some kind of autism. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, he's, gone fucking, he's gone fucking mental. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much... So he's saying that since January, there's been problem after problem after problem. Um, and he's not wrong and it's not slowed down. Um, so within hours of resigning, Emily Rosad, who was one of the board directors, said that somebody in Barcelona has their hand in the till, um, leading Barcelona to sue him. So it's another court case on top of everything. So Wait, it, are you saying that a football club is also corrupt, Neil? Absolutely. <gasps> <sighs> the views of Burkbot are not reflected by the Liquid Football Podcast <laughs> and Monday Madness LLC. Fuck's sake. So basically, what, what's going on so, since January? Like any, by the way, the list of shit that's gone wrong at Barcelona is so long that even I, I could talk for two hours and still leave shit out. <laughs> so essentially what I'm going to do is, since, Barcel- since January, they sacked Valverde despite the fact that they were top of the league. Yeah, just didn't look good <laughs> of his jib. Didn't look good of his jib. They offered a job to Javier Hernandez, who said, not a chance, because <laughs> <laughs> he said he would never play, he would never return under the board, the current board, yeah. and that it was toxic. They then stupidly offered the job to Ronald Koeman, despite the mm-hmm. fact that he had signed for the Netherlands national team. So he obviously told them to go fuck themselves. Uh, they had, a, I think they had a talk with Potticeno. Don't know why that went. Um, he said no, apparently, as well. And then he's they a big Real fan, isn't he? Yeah, he's a uh, oh. Madrid. He was born. He was a. Uh, he was an Espanol player. Yeah, he, he was an Espanol, so he hates Madrid. Barcelona. Are you sure? Is it Real or Barça that Espanol have their derby with? Uh, derby Real Madrid, I thought. I could be wrong now. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. Not, I, I'm, I'm sure. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, lads. But uh, I, I yeah, think I, I think I think that was it because he. I remember saying that to a friend of mine. I was like when Potageno was being touted for the Barcelona job, I was like, isn't he an Espanol player? So would he never go there? Yeah. I, I remember him going, no, actually, it's Real they have their derby with. Um, so, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take Vera here, but carry on anyway. 
yeah, Espanol. Oh, yeah. Espanol to Barcelona. There we go. That's there's your yeah. answer. So so um, then they gave the job to Kike Setien, um, <laughs> which was hilarious in the press conference because um, they announced his appointment as the end of a long, long process of adjudicating and judgment. And then in the press conference, he said, "Oh, you got the call yesterday." <laughs> so yeah, that's oh. brilliant. So then Eric Abidal, who's the or Abidal, 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 sorry, Eric Abidal, who's the sporting director, um, basically blamed the players for getting Valverde sacked, and that's Which what led. Was true. Kind of. It was yeah, true. That's what, that's what led Messi to speak out. Mm. That's what caused him to snap, um, claiming that um, the then vice president Javier Faust doesn't know anything about football, and then said that Abidal doesn't know. He basically, called him out. He said you should really, you know, you should take a responsibility for your own fucking actions. Um, Messi apparently he he said that he he came out when he was asked why he spoke out. He was spoke out because he's sick of the rumors as well that he apparently runs the club. I wonder where <laughs> that comes from. Mm, I, I wonder so. Um, and then it's just, just the weirdest shit that they did. Like, they need a striker. So not only did oh they... Oh, my not, God. Yeah. Getting into that. That was an embarrassment, by the way. Complete so embarrassment. Needed, there's more. Like, they needed a striker. So they didn't buy one because that's not what you do. But they did sell two of them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they then went and lost Suarez and Osman Dembele to long-term injuries. So like, fuck. Uh, they then meant an emergency signing of Martin Braithwaite. Um, for more um, than they... <laughs> Middlesbrough. Well, former Middlesbrough, wasn't former it? Former Middlesbrough, yeah. yeah. Former Middlesbrough strikers seem to be popping up on this podcast. I think, I don't know what the fuck. Send um, it a word, lads. So they signed him for more than they'd been willing to pay when the window was actually open. Mm. Um, oh, by the way, they had actually a player on the like coming in to the books to to sign for them called Cedric Bakumbu. Yeah. Uh, and they left I brought him, him up last time as well, yeah. yeah they, they, they left they him left stranded him, in Hong Kong. <laughs> they left him stranded at an airport thousands of miles away. Um, <laughs> meaning uh, leaving them by the way with a squad so thin they couldn't actually fill the bench. Mm. So Barcelona could not fill the bench. Joe Montemuro laughs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's like, <laughs> ah, um, you know how it feels. Uh, so yeah, but that's by with Montemoro. It's by design. Uh, <laughs> this is the largest. This is the largest like sporting brand on the planet. Um, they lost the first Classico for four years, and just it was so terrible. And then the i three ventures, which is the bot farm, all that came up and. It was just terrible, like you know, it was yeah. awful. And the board can I ask, was yeah. John Delaney ever a part of the Barcelona board? <laughs> he is now. <laughs> when you consider the fourteenth man, <laughs> when you consider some of uh, when you consider some of the fucking decisions they've made, I'm I'm surprised not. But I'm genuinely serious. Like Barcelona could be in like real serious trouble, and I mean mm. like 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 foundational trouble. Yeah. Um, the board have thrown the players under the bus. Um, because basically stating that um, they're not paying their way, they're furious and all this shit. So the players put up the 2% that the club needed to pay the employees that the club wouldn't, mm. which makes the players look great and the club, yeah, not so much. Not so much, yeah. yeah. Um, 
so all of this is horrible. Um, their debt is rising. The yeah. squad is debilitated. Um, it's getting weaker by the year. But all of the contracts that they've got are ma- they're maturing, so they're getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, hang on, I'm just reading it here. Yeah, the players' salaries now account for 68% of the budget. Fuck. That's not fucking healthy. No. Even for like a financial powerhouse like Barcelona. Um, and aren't they looking at trying to get Neymar? Yeah, yeah they, they were, yeah. Actually, um, funnily like enough... Then that'll take their uh, budget, like salary budget, up to like 78%. Yeah, that, that will put their fucking wage bill into Deep Space Nine. Like. <laughs> <laughs> If he, if he were to be selling in fucking cold press laptops. Neymar, like Neymar standing in the spot where the new camp once was. Absolutely. <laughs> also, um, funnily enough, uh, to make to add into that, uh, Juan Laporta, who's one of the board members that's running for president in 2021, he mm-hmm. said that um, he wants Guardiola back. Yes. Um, yeah, I read that. He'll go for that. And incidentally, Guardiola's contract with City ends in 2021. Mm-hmm. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, one thing I was going to add in there as well was that they are trying to sell the naming rights to the new camp in order yes, to uh, save, make up some funds. So this is like, now, like Spanish clubs don't do naming rights. It's not their no. thing. Like Valencia, if I recall, did that once and they got slated for it. But, because, and, but the reason they were slated for it was because it, they were um, Singaporean owners. So they didn't really get the whole like, oh, we don't do that type of thing here. So like, I know you don't, but I don't care. And he went and did, did it anyway. So now, like, now that Barcelona, one of the biggest institutions in the world, is now going like, hmm, yes, the new camp is a nice name, but what it would be like is the new Nike Mercurio uh, X5 stadium. That's, yeah, that, that sounds really nice. Like, you know, Absolutely. the Qatar Airways Stadium, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But um, it's, it's so bad. Like, um, so Bartomeu's on the way out, right? Yeah. He's going in 2021. Um, he can't run again under club statutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's, it's terrible. Like, Rosad walked um, a month after Bartomeu made him vice president, therefore his successor. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, it was funny. It, the, the six directors resigned after Bartomeu called four of them into his office. Rosad and Tom Bass Elias and Joseph Pont and basically invited them to resign because he couldn't sack them. Um, <laughs> please leave town. Please no. Leave, yeah. Oh, you're so mean. I'll be your best friend. But two days later, they did walk, but along with Maria Texidor and uh, Jordi Casamilgla. So that leads them, like, he's won now. Now the club is now one board member short of what it needs to be able to operate. And it's just terrible. Like, uh, since, the bo- since he took over in 2015, less than half the board that he put together are left. Um, he's gone through four sporting directors in five years. He's gone through four directors of communication in five years. <laughs> this is Trump levels of administration. I was literally... Trying to like get a point. Are we sure it's not him under a pseudonym? (laughs) He wouldn't. He wouldn't know those complicated letters of the Spanish alphabet. Yeah, he's got through through seven vice presidents. Um, Sounds familiar. Just, it's so fucking terrible, and the players are starting to get unhappy. Um, Fucking uh, Rakitic is not really happy. 
Um, he's been trying to leave now for a year, really, practically. Yeah, he's basically been trying to get out of there, and he's just like he's openly stated the club are treating him like a sack of potatoes. Mm. Um, Can I just say, by the way, that we have been the the, the kind of instigators for all this shit, like indirectly, <laughs> because the two biggest like talk, like issues that Barcelona have had is the one is the Coutinho uh, purchase. Because there was quite a lot of eruptions about how much they paid for it. And ultimately... You pulled their pants down. 140 million euro on Coutinho in the end <laughs> is what they will pay. Because they can't... Because now, obviously, with the, with the current circumstances, they can't sell Coutinho onto anybody. There's no one that could physically buy them. Which means that they have to set, keep them. Which means that we get another 8 or 9 million onto the transfer fee because Michael Edwards is a fucking genius. Right? So, dollar dollar bills that we're not going to spend on women's football. Anyway, not point I was standing. Uh, and the second thing is, uh, Divock Origi and Trent Alexander-Arnold cursing them, properly fucking cursing them with their goals. So the, the two sheer fact that the two most traumatic experiences that Barcelona have, take, have had in the la- most recent 10 years because of us. And I just fucking love that. Yeah, and, and There's no reason why we hate them. It's just because we could. Because we could kick them while they were down. It's like, oh, you took our star player? That's nice. We'll have our fucking bench warmer score two with the most important goals against you and make you look like fucking idiots. <laughs> and, um, so, yeah, so basically, I genuinely think that, like, the club, the club <laughs> might implode. It might really go. Like, it, it's, it, it's physically possible it can cave in, definitely. Yeah. They, they can't get rid of anything on their books because no. they pay them too much money. I, I would actually... It'd be very interesting to see the landscape post this COVID thing mm. and like if everything and everyone got like wiped out like football wise that like everything had to start at grassroots again. Yeah, it'd be fascinating <laughs> to see who gets there first in a way because Real Madrid are like marginally better, but that's still not saying much considering like like the for the most like Real Madrid have been this kind of like this clusterfuck beforehand and now it's just I don't think it's because it's settled down it's just that Barcelona have been doing so much worse that no one's noticed how shitty Real Madrid they've taken is. all the spotlight exactly yeah I think I actually said that in the previous podcast I was like Real are a joke but it's yeah. because the only reason nobody's commenting on it is because Barcelona are a circus yeah precisely yeah <laughs> and it's just like you know, it's like somebody telling a really crap joke here, but like somebody shitting their pants over in the other corner. You're like, I'm paying attention to this guy. <laughs> Get the that phone is, out. There we go. Lovely. Uh, Speaking of uh, crap jokes, I'm going to jump in with my cod. Seamless transition. Love to see it. Um, my cod, we have actually talked extensively about this evening, is the English FA. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but for a reason that was mentioned in another podcast, as well as all of the reasons we've mentioned this evening. Um, but I am really, really enjoying the ongoing saga that is who will replace Phil Neville as the England manager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a broom, presumably. Wait a minute. You were talking about an interview with Joe Montemoro. Wasn't he asked about whether or not he'd take the England job in that interview? Yeah. And he said it would be an honour, but his loyalty lies with Arsenal at the minute. I had a bit like, uh, like uh, I, I got a bit nervous when that question popped up. It was like, and you know, because you could kind of see him. He's like, I can't say I wouldn't go near this motherfucker with a barge hole. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, no, I got nervous there. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah, but the FA wouldn't actually make the competent decision there, would they? <laughs> 
Just mad. No, well, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've previously mentioned um, the FA and Phil Neville. Well, first of all, the FA hired Phil Neville to be uh, the women's, uh, the senior women's team coach. Manager. Despite, yeah, uh, despite him never having any interaction with women's football before. And pretty much, I can only imagine they hired him based on the sound bites he could give. Barely mm. uh, any uh, interaction with any women if the stories coming out uh, from his wife. Mm. <laughs> <Go boy. laughs> uh, exactly. Um, so yeah, um, uh, there was big, uh, with this whole thing uh, postponing the Olympics and that meant that the UK uh, or Team GB Olympic team was going to be managed by him for whatever reason. It's kind of like stated that the, whoever is manager of the English mm. team is the GB manager. Team, team GB, yeah. Um, for the Olympics, with that being postponed, people are wondering, well, is he going to take keep the reins until after the Olympics now and then leave no time for whoever comes after him to coach uh, for the Euros uh, and to take over the team for the Euros? Um, and since that announcement has been made, he has had a couple of, like, soundbites again that he is so famed for, which is, you know, I've done wonders with this team. <laughs> and then you know, intersected with putting Lucy Bronze, the greatest left back in the world, at centre mid. Um, <sighs> really good at eleven. Yeah, he he just knows all the stuff. Um, all the things. Uh, yeah, uh, like he, I, I love I love watching you try to build up the list because you're like, where do I start? Oh. Where like where do I even go? Like he. <laughs> Brought an unfit Jordan Nobbs with him just because he knew her name. Like he brought, she was very, very unfit for the, uh, I think it was a She Believes Cup a few years ago. She was just coming back from like a big injury and he literally just knew her name and put her on the flight and she's like, I, I'm not fit enough to go play. Like these, like I am in a boot. Please do not bring me on a plane. It's like, shh, 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 just, 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 just fix it. Just fix no, it. No, I know your name. People want you on the team. Like you're always mentioned on the best England players list. So you're gonna come with me. And she's like, oh, no. Um, but what what has recently come out with this lockdown um, is that it players are doing a lot more social media and kind of interacting with fans and doing questions and doing interviews online. And Alex Scott has started up her own uh, interview show. Uh, in the evening called Scotty Talks. And um, she was interviewing Karen Kearney. So two ex-Arsenal players, Karen Kearney, like most recently is an ex-Chelsea player. But the, she, uh, they, they were talking about her time at England and how Phil Neville was the reason for both of their retirements. <laughs> and because this is Instagram Live and it's live chat between two people who are friends, I think they kind of forgot that there were other people listening in and they kind of spoke their mind and then kind of had to reel it back a bit and kind of like, oh no. Um, but yeah, the, the whole Phil Neville thing was um, uh, Alex Scott had, um, she was doing a thing for the Arsenal Foundation in uh, Rwanda and was late meeting up with the English squad because her flight from Rwanda came in like later than their squad or than their squad plane arrived mm. and he basically told told her he was like oh I don't appreciate this lateness um so you're going to be dropped from the next game and she literally just stood there and went I'm done that's it I'm not playing I she was like 
I was so, she was like, I was wrecked tired. I was jet lagged. I had busted my arse to get to the airport and try and get as close to the team's landing time as like I possibly could. But I was a day after them mm. in a time that they were a week, ahead, like they didn't have a match for a week. They had a week of being in wherever they were. I think it was Germany. Yeah. Um, to kind of, you know, prepare. She was a day later than everyone else because she was doing stuff, which is, you know, part of her job. Mm. Anyway, um, she said she's done. And then Karen Carradine kind of said, mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, so Karen Carradine would be kind of a defensive midfielder, but also is an unbelievable number 10. So kind of the number eight, number 10 role, depending on what that would be her yeah. kind of ideal position. And Phil Neville was basically, okay, you're going to be our number nine. And she was like, no, like, I'm, you've got Ellen White. You've got, at the time, they had Jodie Taylor. They had, like, these players that were at the top of their game, striker-wise. It's, I, and it's just like, ugh, like, swapping out Mo Salah or Peter Crouch. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I mean, like, like Salah for Lovren. For yeah. yeah, precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like, I'm not, no use in that position. Don't put me there. And then he was like, mm, if you want to play tomorrow. And then she said, well, then I won't play. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That's, she decided to retire. And uh, that actually, that once she made the decision to retire from England, she said, actually, no, I'm retired from football and didn't tell her club until later. Um, but Phil Neville, career ruiner and ender, um, <laughs> is a... Uh, he has spoken out about his great job that he's done with the English team and he set them up to be uh, like perfect for someone taking over from him. Yet the English FA have not started to even look at possibilities no. at replacing him. Now, I know there are things going on. I know there are other things, but can you imagine if Gareth Southgate left? Do you, do you think they'd leave it open like, you know to the public to demand who replaces him. No, they're not. Not even have the application open. Have people actually apply for it and then, okay, we'll get back to you in a couple of months. Fair enough, at least it's in. But the fact that they haven't even started the first step. At least they have an idea. Yes. But I did actually see Gareth Southgate is 200 to 1 um, to get the England women's job. (laughs) Uh, He'd do it. He'd totally do it. Uh, Ari Redknapp. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god come on you know for a fact that would be brilliant that would be top fucking banter but, uh, but that's just literally because they're going off the FA's kind of history of like mm, don't actually yeah. know any women managers what the hell is yeah. they, they don't exist what's well, the point of having Neville on that um, is it would be Casey Stoney and that that never well that she went back to she United Mm. So yeah. f- five months in <laughs> to the three-year build-up, they're Project, like, yeah. "Well, you know, you you'll study under esteemed manager uh, <laughs> Phil Neville, and then you'll take over after him." I think Stoney was always meant to be his replacement. Uh, yeah, I actually think like I, I, I she's an ex-Arsenal player, but Manchester United. Uh, manager at the minute and she's just like she's such a cool head and actually knows her oh, stuff so that I say that a few two minutes of working with him she fuck off you twat yeah. I'm out of here mm. um, but yeah she actually they're based on that whole thing of them not working 
well together was um, a lot of the Manchester United players who could possibly have gotten a call up, especially for the She Believes Cup that just happened, where you kind of get the chance to blood new players. Like Lauren James is absolutely unbelievable player. She's, again, an ex-Arsenal kind of academy player, but um, she is uh, just a phenomenal talent. And there's, like, any manager with any sort of brain cells would have been like, yes, this is her chance to get into the senior women's team, give her some minutes at the top level, see how she handles it. And uh, there's also Aaliyah Galton, who plays for United as well. Casey Stoney told them, don't go. <laughs> yeah. Like, actively told them not to go and play under a, a Neville's England team. Yeah. Now, of course, it's going to be dressed up as, oh, I'm preserving them and blah, blah, blah. But it's Keeping definitely them fresh. like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them away from yeah, I was saying that, I think you brought that up kind of earlier on. I, I, I mentioned that Wenger always uh, looking at the French players coming mm. back from uh, National League duty like Perez and they were always so demoralized and so unhappy and uh, some of them didn't want to go on national duty and for to Wenger this proud Frenchman to have a French player who didn't want to play for France when they were like winning European tournaments and World Cups and shit like that he's like why wouldn't you want to go and like play for France and <laughs> they're just going it's Dominic it's Raymond Dominic you don't know what it's like to play under this man and I can imagine it's the exact same thing for the women's uh, players under yeah. Phil Neville going like, this guy does not have a clue what he's doing. The, mm. There was a uh, one last thing before, be, just because I know my cod does sound like I'm talking about Phil Neville as my cod, which I'm actually willing to accept. But uh, the <laughs> FA who hired this crook, um, there was a talk where he came in and they were losing. Um, they were playing a friendly. They didn't specify. I think it was Jordan Nobbs was telling the story. So this is like all of these different footballers are coming out with these different stories about how awful a manager he was. Mm. But but again, not directly saying he was a shit manager, but just in the way they're saying it. That, yes. like, Heavily bearing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they like they had half time and they were losing one nil to a team they shouldn't have been losing one nil to. And he came in and he was like, right, what's gone wrong here? And someone turned around and said, you should know, you're meant to be watching us. <laughs> <laughs> and then he went on in this long, long speech. And they said they haven't a clue what it was about. Mm. And then he went, oh, shit, half time's over. Get back out there and get do better. And it was like, did that gobbledygook, that obviously waffle that he was spouting, just... Like the FA are like, oh, yeah, 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 you seem to know what you're talking about. Off you go. Off mm. you go. You could be a manager of the women's team. But how they're handling the women's, it's that my official reason for why I nominate them as my cod is because how they're treating women's football, because they're giving it such little priority, then throwing out, like, once again, a little bit of slack for uh, that. Um, <laughs> Uh, once they get a bit of slack for not giving it the priority it deserves and like they're getting a bit of like uh, Twitter fire mm. then they're like oh yeah, yeah, yeah but we have like a hundred grand to give you and that's coming that's definitely coming you don't need to worry about that we're definitely going to pay you that money <laughs> but they're not saying in any way where it's going to be spent is it going to be yeah. handed to the big teams is it going to be set to the lower teams to try and build them up who knows yeah, exactly. Anyway, there yeah. my cut. But uh, they, they yeah. really should, like, they also kind of deserve it with regards to the women's team for the whole thing around Drew Spence as well, about her. Yeah. 
and how Phil has just not handled that very well at all. Um, uh, is, is this another he Neil? Or, is, is this another story time from Neil? That they're Drew Spence. Oh God! Um, I don't particularly like Drew Spence. Can I just put it up there? I don't think she's a very nice player. Yeah, but. but but I can see the value of having her in a squad. Absolutely. Well, to be honest with you, like, um, she... It's, it's kind of like you don't like playing against Ryan Shawcross. <laughs> yeah. Well, not really. I think she's a lot more skilled than Ryan Shawcross. Um, yeah. yeah. In particular, she... So, for years, she had been playing under Emma Hayes, who's... I mean, like, again, we're not particularly Chelsea fans, but Emma Hayes, has, we have to admit, she is fucking fantastic. Yeah, and, I, I actually have a big girl crush for yeah, Emma Hayes. Yeah, that's that's one manager who knows her shit. Um, oh, she was also touted for the England job and went, no. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, she gave the official um, uh, reason as she prefers the day-to-day management of club uh, management. She, or the day-to-day involvement of club management. Rather than, I wouldn't touch the lionesses with a barge ball. But the whole thing about like uh, the whole thing about Spence is that like Spence like when Hayes first went into Chelsea, she fucking culled that team. Like she sliced them to the like cutthroat razor, cut the team to the bits because none of them were up to her stratospherically high standards. And all throughout that period, Spence has never been dropped, and she's been played all across um, the pitch, like in loads of different positions. Um, so she's she's a really good man marker uh, or player marker, I suppose. Yeah. Like so it, whenever we play them, she's always on Kim Little. But yeah, she's a fantastic midfielder. Um, so you just can't you can't fault her really as a player. But um, like Neville's not spoken to her once, despite the fact she plays under one of the best women's women's managers in the entire league, and it's all down to the Mark Sampson case. You know, yeah. read it again. That's kind of like he has been a cod for us before, based on his uh, toxic racism and yeah, um, inability to um, admit that like he's wrong. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the thing. Like, but with Spancy was targeted because there was a match when she was the only player of color in the dressing room um, for a team talk. And he basically walked in, and this, this is Samson now, not Phil Neville. <laughs> and um, FA, England FA making great choices for their managers. Fantastic yeah. chance. But he basically walked in and asked her how many times she'd been arrested. Um, so, like, you're just going, what the fuck? Uh, no, that was the bit where Eddie Aluko brought yeah, that she to brought the that FA yeah. uh, when she sued them. Again, she was a contender for my card today, yeah. but... Uh, in uh, a, a different story when she was not the villain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she actually stood up for Drew Spence and that was the end of her career yeah. for England. And exactly, and it's been... And same with Leanne Sanderson. Yeah, and it's been the end of Spence's. So it's like this whole kind of not wanting to touch players who have a bit of... History. history. I wouldn't even mind. It's not like when people say, oh, well, it happens in the men's game as well. I was like, not at the same... Not, no, like, it's like, um, No. Like... Like Benzema was kicked out of the French team because he was blackmailing another team member with a sex tape. Yeah, uh, you don't want that guy on the team, right? <laughs> you don't want him on the team. And then you've got like half of Tottenham's 
players sleeping with each other's wives and they're still all right allegedly allegedly views of Burkhardt are not shared Burkhardt, by yeah. anyway somebody is set, somebody is set her to litigious litigious uh, <laughs> yes. the cider's kicked in yeah um, libel uh, cider makes her more libelous yeah. Uh, yeah, okay so I suppose my uh, cod then I was kind of I was kind of contemplating bringing up Mike Ashley here, but I think I'll stick to my guns and go for my original shout, which was... Uh, Mike Ashley already been our cod. Oh, he's I'm been, sure. I think he's been Ryan. Yeah, I'd say he has Ryan. been all right. Yeah, but um, in any case, the cod I'm going to go for is Kyle Walker. Um, primarily because... Oh, yes! Because he has been the first <laughs> of many, many, many naughty boys who have broken quarantine and done the fiddly-biddly, the derpidly warbly the hippity-hoppity, whatever you want to call it, with whores. <laughs> with fucking absolute hewers. And the fact, I just love, this is what I love about football sometimes, because it really exposes the idiots in our society, right? Like, you can look at someone like Trent Alexander-Arnold and you go, oh my God, he's so talented, he's so brilliant, he's going to be the world's best player in five years. And then you realize he's Snapchatting pregnant girls and trying to Google search if you can get pregnant women. Like, yeah. Anyway, there's there's, there's loads, loads of things happening. There Even more that. pregnant her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like he was you genuinely a, asking second, this person. You get a second bump. Yeah, you get a second bump on top of the first one. I think that's yeah. how. I, I've watched the video on this. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, like you always have the duality of like, oh, he's so talented, but god damn it, you're a fucking idiot. Like just. Read a fucking book, like, you know. And Kyle Walker is neither talented, neither smart, you know. Like, Kyle, Kyle, we've always, we've signed off Walker for being, like, somehow, like, a, a like a, a right-back for England. And the thing is, like, he is, like, he's athletically gifted, but, like, oh, he can, he can brain, back. Yeah, he's good. Like, that's why he's, like, he's kind of come at the same time where, like, fullback is the most important part of, of the of the formation because you need someone athletic, you need someone to run down the, the the channels and just hit a ball with some relative pace. And that's what Kyle Walker does well. What he doesn't do well is everything else in this game, but that's beside the point. You know, you get those fullbacks all the time. <laughs> um, but <laughs> what I'm talking to about this time was that outside of football, he decided that, unfortunately as most men always seem to have this problem, the erection will not go away. And unfortunately, <laughs> he cannot consult the doctor uh, over Skype or Zoom or anywhere else because it's just there. He just can't get rid of it. So the only thing he can do in these pressing times, in these serious circumstances we have... <laughs> have a bunga bunga party. ...is pretty much go out, break quarantine on the dead of night, like fucking hitman waiting to like take out his next target. He goes out like hide, evading police and like hiding on the boots of cars and all this sort of stuff just so he can get his dick wet. Um, which, you know, it, it's, it's admirable to a certain extent. But all at the same time, read the fucking room, Kyle. Like, surely at this point you're thinking, maybe, maybe just like, you know, go, just have a wank, you know, in the privacy of your own home, rather than going like, oh, do you know what I fancy? I fancy a Romanian girl who just can't speak English. Yeah, that's what I'll wasn't do. There like a, wasn't there like more than one? There wasn't like him was and a mate. Him and a mate if you had, a, yeah. had a foursome. Get a foursome. That's like at least three different instances of not social distancing. Nope. 
Nope, that's almost certainly the case. And you're going to a, you're you're going to a second and then possibly a third location. Yes. Yeah. Like um, the, the reason I'm bringing I him up as well this was that he put, <laughs> that he ahead, apologized sorry. and he was like, "I have let my family down. The media, can you please stop like you know harassing us?" That was when he very frustrated. That was when he broke the the lockdown. He went down and did it again. Yeah, he did it yeah. again. And, like, not only just, like, pop down the road to the local whorehouse again, but, no, he's got to drive around to four or five different houses on a visiting spree. Funnily enough, now, if you want proper sex scandals, um, you go to the NFL. Mm. Um, oh, God. Did you hear about the uh, Earl Thomas? That was actually this week. Uh, Earl Thomas. Right, Earl Thomas, he plays for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he essentially, so in lockdown, blah, 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 he gets into an argument with his wife, um, which results in her throwing him out of the house, um, which in a lockdown is quite the predicament. Uh, yeah. So Ish. It, him and a, I think either a friend or his cousin, I'm not sure. In any case, they wind up getting a, an Airbnb, which results in them... <laughs> sharing a house with a fair number of women, none of whom was Earl Thomas's wife. <laughs> so he starts, for some weird reason, Snapchatting what they're getting up to. <laughs> oh, Jesus and Christ. Through, oh, sorry, he was TikToking it. Or Snapchatting. Oh, no, it's Snapchatting. No, the kids, are into, the kids are into TikTok nowadays. We'll yeah, be yeah. But he, thing, yeah. he was Snapchatting it because he doesn't want any evidence. But uh, apparently through his Snapchats, she was able to figure out where he was uh, and then got a gun. <laughs> drove, this legit happened. We'll read it. Drove to the house, kicked in the bedroom door when he's in bed with a woman who was not her mm-hmm. <laughs> and point the gun at him, <laughs> which he then had to wrestle out of her hand while his side bitch uh, called the police. So, oh that, my good the, god! And what's even more funny is that she was pointing gun, and she went like, "You're pointing a fucking gun at me! Like, what are you doing, you crazy bitch?" And she went, "Oh, I've taken the clip out, so it was okay. You were safe until someone pointed out that it's a semi-automatic gun, and it was still around in the chamber." Oh, <laughs> so, so she, yeah, she was pointing. Yeah, he, 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 it could have gone full Tiger King. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know it's like, like Carol a Baskin. He, yeah, Baskin. he takes the, took the clip out of her, he took the clip out of Ruger. However, that's not even the best uh, NFL sex party story. Um, this is a bit of an oh, dear Jesus. this is a bit of an X-rated version of Neil's story time. Take you back. <laughs> it's my favorite segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah o- only your chin is not resting on your hands. Oh. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to take you back to 2005 alright and just imagine that instead of take use the uh, analogy of Kyle Walker's sex party so imagine if instead of Kyle Walker it's a brash NFL quarterback called uh, oh no a, a NFL cornerback apology a brash NFL cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings and instead of an unnamed friend it's about a dozen of his teammates. 
Oh no. And instead of two sex workers, there's about six dozen of them flown in from other cities, um, from like Atlanta and Florida. And instead of Kyle Walker's house, it was a boat, a houseboat on Lake <laughs> Minnetonka. <laughs> oh my good God. That is that is quite the I don't know, I, uh, I'm trying to think of a boat you know, and one. You know what? There was two, you know boats, what? two boats. There was two boats. There was 90 people across two oh, boats. For fuck's sake. I, I, I had a feeling <laughs> they needed bigger boats. In <laughs> you know, like, uh, Leah Valti and Caitlin Ford are house-sharing at the minute in the quarantine. So I thought you were about to say, they're actually going to houseboats for now. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> 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 And they had an argument and settled it over Instagram by throwing Smarties in a bowl and having people guess who threw the most Smarties in a bowl. Like, that's the wholesome content I want. <laughs> no, that's the wholesome content they want you to see. Critical <laughs> difference. Critical difference. On, on the, the NFL, on the houseboat, the love boat scandal, which is what it later got to be called, um, they only got caught because as the boat, when the boat docked, he... They, they hired limousines to take them all home. And uh, one of the limousines stopped uh, near some woman's, random woman's garden. And seven of the players, so you imagine seven gigantic black players getting out of a limousine to go piss in this woman's garden. Oh. <laughs> and she called the police on them, and that's how it got caught. <laughs> oh my good God. I love that these Kyle podcasts. Walker just wish he was them. Oh, yeah, see the reason absolutely. the reason I picked Kyle Walker in particular was because uh, he I think he's kind of started off the chain of like other idiotic footballers going oh I can break quarantine too if if it's good for, enough for Kyle Walker it's good enough for me um, Calvert Lewin was one of them uh, Wolves player by the name of Morgan Gibbs White was another and um, most recently Moisey Ken who uh, threw a house party where apparently he spent about a hundred thousand pounds. Yeah, I heard that one. So um, and, okay, and I, the like, Dembele as well for training in the park with Sissoko. Four Arsenal players got into trouble with the club um, for like relatively wholesome, more wholesome reasons. Mm. Uh, Lacazette had a family friend come over and hang out in his garden. Yes. Um, <laughs> Xhaka went out to meet David Luiz in a park and have a conversation at a socially distanced distance. Mm-hmm. Um, Pepe, I think, had a barbecue with neighbours, but everyone like stayed like the appropriate distance away. Like I think he was the only person in his garden, and yeah. then like the barbecue was being passed over to him. Mm. Um, and like I was kind of going, oh, those feckin' Egypt. And then I read the stories, and I was like, they're actually not the worst like it, what's no. stupid about it is that they snapchatted it or they instagrammed it and made it very public that they were talking to other people and it was definitely construed as being and then you've got kyle walker as like being worse than it was and then you've got kyle walker who is like complaining about the media giving out to him about having sex with prostitutes and yeah. then complaining about the media that he went on a like hour-long round trip drive dropping into his family members for dinner because he can't <laughs> cook his own dinner and he wanted something home cooked. Yeah, oh yeah, it was his Poor man. man is starving to death and we are here insulting his manhood. 
his yeah. mom, yeah, his mom wanted he was giving him like home cooked meals and shit like that. So like, oh, just. Anyway, this uh, comes to the point of the show now where we have to hand out our cods. It's been a long-awaited cod uh, from our last podcast. So on the top of the board, we have Barcelona, as per Neil. We have uh, the FA's um, failure to uh, to tender Phil Neville's resignation. From the board. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, myself and Kyle Walker. So, Neil, considering that, like, my, I think my last cod was Barcelona as well, I'm kind of in solidarity with yourself. Um, I'm happy yeah. to just have them as a cod, broadly speaking. Uh, how about yourself, Neil? How, which way are you swaying? I was actually, to be honest with you, I was going to have the FA as my card. Okay, uh, interesting. Prior to Burkbot, uh ghosting it on me, mm-hmm. because it, it was about the, the reason why uh, we went on for so long about Project Restart and how fucked up it is, and all the stupid suggestions, and how leveraged they are in, and how badly they've run it. Mm. Uh, to the point where they now can no longer make a correct decision without fear. Um, meaning that they're not actually really a governing body. No, and they're not. They're, they're, they're a husk. Like they're, they've always done. It's just been exposed to that now. Lately. Just it, I, so. I don't know about you guys, but they seem kind of corrupt. <laughs> just don't say that so fucking, I swear to God, woman, you said that again. <laughs> Um, I do absolutely hate the Kyle Walker, um, just Kyle Walker. Um, <laughs> but no, I hate I act- the Kyle Walker. I know. I hate the, uh, I suppose the prevalence of stupidity uh, that's on show during this. And mm. uh, but. I loved Neil's story time on Barcelona, so I'm going to vote Barcelona. That's fair, yeah. That, that's understandable. Uh, so yes, Barcelona, congratulations. I think two weeks in a row on this podcast you've been a cod, so that's, <laughs> that's some very pro, tr- truncated, but fuck it, we'll, we'll take that. Um, and I'm sure they'll take that as well. So, chaps, we've been uh, talking for quite some time at this point. Uh, yeah, my phone is so hot. Like, it's, <laughs> my cat is no longer cold. Yeah, that's fair. Like I said, we've been talking for quite some time. Uh, we've had a lot to catch up on. and still somehow stuff that we can talk about in the next one, whenever that is. Um, we might actually sit, start going to a regular schedule now, considering that, like... Bundesliga! Yeah, we'll talk about the Bundesliga. Fuck it. We're going to talk about the unit for two hours, because he's so good. Um, and the Frau in Bundesliga. Yes, exactly. So we, we have things to talk about now, and because uh, English football is not coming back. It just isn't. Let's just face facts. Um... So, until then, lads, uh, I've been Jonathan. That has been Neil. Woo! And that's been Burkbot. Woo! And, yeah, and that two and a half hours has been liquid football. We'll see you for the next one.